0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
2: Ah, good afternoon all, we've hit the 15th of May, Uh, welcome in to the Afternoons with Staffy here on SENZ, Uh, and it's a sad day isn't it, when one of our greats um, just seems to be so often now, but that's the cycle of life with the passing of the Prince of Centres, Bruce Robertson, and we will pay him due respect and acknowledgement between one and two, Um, we'll even have an opportunity for you to call up about that as well at any time in the show, actually. Um, also, we'll be talking um, basketball. We've got Benjamin Kandani on. We'll have Grant Nisbet on. He'll also have some thoughts on the career and the life and times of Bruce Robertson. That'll be at two. NBA at three. Somewhere in amongst the next four hours, we've got a bit of a highlights package from yesterday's netball game, which was a fantastic game. Between The Pulse and the Mystics, everyone thinking the Mystics were going to carry on and perhaps go unbeaten and win a title. Uh, but the Pulse stopped them in Wellington. Fantastic game. We had a couple of chats with uh, a player from each side, uh, Whitney Soonis and Mikado Sokolich, beats in post match. But we'll keep that as floating uh, for the day and we'll put that in where we can. i also have a look back in the day. We'll revisit Show Me the Money. Um, I can announce right now that no one won the sweepstake last week. Not one person picked the Panthers to have the biggest winning margin. Not one. So it jackpots. It's going to be a $100 TIB bonus bet when we do a sweep at the end of this week. All right. I like that. You like that? I like that. Um, Midday Madness, Mondays, you know, the rules. Well, it's not the rules, but the, the indication is we just throw it open. People that went particularly interested to hear from people that went to the Chiefs game in New Plymouth where they got uh, beaten by the Reds and people that went or watched to the Crusaders and I was going to say insipid Blues. On the scoreboard, insipid, but regardless of how many points the Blues scored, they held the Crusaders. I thought their defence was, was great. I thought the Blues' defence was great even though they lost but just lacking something in attack are the Blues they got the names they got the players but they haven't done it it's review day Monday on Midday Madness 0800 150 11 and you can even talk Warriors and I can Z on hold you can even talk Carlos Allberg if you want uh, anything from the weekend that's Midday Madness
3: well listen buster you better start to move your feet to the rockiness speed of madness
4: yeah.
2: I'll kick it off with a text message from Mark. I'm pretty sure he's in Christchurch. He goes, hey, Ken and Zade from Crusader Country. That's all he put. <laughs> the Barb's have started. Let's go to Mikey. G'day, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Oh, I assume um, when we were doing the picks on Friday that you didn't pick the, uh, you didn't want the Chiefs there because you knew it was going to be a close game. Yes,
2: right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but even by taking that one out, still no one took the Panthers.
0: Man, man, I, I didn't actually watch that game but because um, I thought it would be a walkover as well. But it just goes to show... Anyone can be beaten. I mean, everyone's picking that. No one could ever beat the Chiefs, but just, yeah, there you go. Proof in the pudding, isn't it?
2: We've had some, we've had some big upsets this year. When you think about the, the Drua beating the Crusaders, that was, that was as yep. big as well. There's been some, there's yep. some strong upsets this year. Did you go to the game, Mikey, or were you warm? But, oh no, I don't go to that stadium, but
0: I certainly watched it. Um, sell out crowd, which is absolutely fantastic. Good yes, honest. it is. It was freezing cold outside. Um, I, I agree with you. The defence from the Blues was magnificent. But that's kind of all they had, wasn't it? And um, you've got the, one of the best wingers in the country playing in the midfield. Um, so there's some of your attacking options sort of gone. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with them at the moment. Um, but i tell you what, I watched the Hurricanes game and something, something now is coming to fruition. I thought about this at the start of the year, this whole rest rotation. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain the commentator said, that um, Ardie and Geordie, two, two of the biggest names in, in the game as well, have to have a rest. Now, they've got the Chiefs, the Blues, and the Crusaders coming up. Now, if you're having sell-out crowds going to see the very best players, it makes the competition a bit of a travesty or a mockery, really, when you can't put two of your biggest names that, that you want to play against those three huge teams, if you're a Hurricanes fan, and you can't put them on the field.
2: Rubbish, is not it? Now, are there there's buys? Isn't is there buys in the Super Rugby? I'm pretty sure there is. Um, yes,
0: are there buys. I think everyone gets one
2: buy. Everyone gets one I buy. So Artie has hasn't them. played that. Artie's already missed the game because of All Black minutes, and I think I'm right in saying he was suspended for a game as well, and yep. now he has to yep. have another rest. That's that's.
0: What, I'm pretty sure that's what the commentator said. And that was time, I just thought. I had a look to see who they had next. And, yeah, three of the biggest teams in the comp they've got. And it's just, it's like you're a fan. You go to the ground. Say say they, you know, there's another sellout crowd, but you're not seeing your best players on the field. Mm. So if that is the case, it's just, it's bollocks.
2: (laughs) And they're they're currently in third on 37 points. Uh, Crusaders are in fourth, also on 37 points. But you could almost almost say if Artie and Geordie don't play those games, the Hurricanes don't win, or it's really, really hard. They're going to lose their position on the table. Um, you'd much rather yep, finish yep. third than fourth.
0: Yeah, and the, and they're and the playing for quarterfinal, semi-final status so for for, the, for their home um, crowds. Mm. That's what they're playing for. So there's a lot at stake. But because of this um, rule, it's um, it's not good. It's not a good look for the competition that that has you know everyone wanted surprises, and as he quite rightly said, there's been a couple of upsets that's good for the competition. Mm. Um, we've had a couple of sell-out crowds, so the crowds are coming um, if the teams are good enough. But, I mean, if, if you're a fan of the Canes and you're playing the Crusaders or whoever, the Chiefs, and your best players aren't playing, are you going to fork out um, cash to go along to the game? You'd probably stay at home, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, and I think proof of that theory might be in the uh, the ticket sales and the numbers in the stands for those games, which is a crying shame. Um, because the Hurricanes don't have the depth of the, of the Chiefs or the Crusaders, and probably the Blues as well. They need their best players playing, and they want to play. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mikey. Anyway. Good man. Good on you. Cheers. Well done. Congratulations on your black and red team. Zaid from Auckland, our life member Zaid. Hello. Hello. Um,
5: Yeah, great win for Carlos yesterday in the UFC. Um, Pretty easy knockout, I don't think, because – Opponent was quite up to his standards, you know, pretty easy opponent. So um, I think uh, hopefully next fight he might get a bit of a better opponent, maybe a bit higher in the rankings mm. um, and maybe a bit of a tougher test for him because, um, yeah, that fight was a bit easy for me. I think he's got, I think, now two back-to-back first-round knockouts. Uh, and he's won four fights in a row. So he's on some pretty high, you know, pretty high um, pretty high rise right now. You know, good, good stocks for him. So. Yep. Um, yeah, great, great to see him get a win. Um, yeah, on the Super Rugby, uh, I don't really know what Bowden Barrett was up to on Saturday night. Um, I d- he was yeah kicking the ball a bit too much.
2: I feel like um, that was a team tactic. Like I, I don't know, but it looked like because Caleb Clark was doing it as well. They were kicking, and it was just like we're going to turn these yeah, guys up, around and try it, and pin them down. It looked
5: like on the fall as well.
2: Yeah, it looked like a um, game plan.
5: Yeah, that knock-on second try for the Crusaders was clear as day. So I don't know what the ref was up to on that. Um, and yeah, just, just as usual, the Crusaders just got the rubbers, rub the green for, um, for the ref against the Blues all the time. You know, it seems like they kind of pay the ref, but that's just the way how it works when the Blues, Blues play the Crusaders. I guess they want them to win. So that's just how it works. Um, well, yeah, the Blues kind of really won that third or fourth spot, like you said. The Hurricanes have got the hardest, hardest um, road home, um, but you don't want to play the Crusaders in the quarterfinals, so I don't know um, what the Blues need to do to avoid playing the Crusaders in the first round. Um, but, yeah, the Hurricanes obviously got the Crusaders, Chiefs, and the Blues, so um, they're going to have to lose at least one or not two of them, or maybe three at the worst, but they're going to lose. They can't win all three of those. Um, the Blues need to win at least two. They've got Highlanders and the Reds and maybe the Hurricanes. I mean the Reds bet the Chiefs but I don't think the Chiefs are taking that game seriously. I think the Blues will take their best team to Brisbane um next weekend and hopefully we can beat them. Um because other than that game against the Chiefs, um, the Reds haven't been the best this year. I know it was my I think it was just a one off, you know, performance they out kinda out kinda the Chiefs and maybe the Chiefs weren't really used to the conditions in New Plymouth and just weren't quite ready and you know, Brad Weber Sam Kane, quite big outs, Tucky Aho, Brody Retallick, So mm. they left a few players, you know, that weren't there. So and another great win for the Warriors on Friday night. So, um, yeah, I guess onwards and upwards for the Warriors got a buy, so there's two, three points and then see how they go in the state of origin, um uh break when they've got a, when they have to play some teams that might not have, be quite full strength. So hopefully he can pick up a few points there as well.
2: Yeah, I, I like the state of origin period for the Warriors. Zaid, we've got a full board of calls. Thanks for calling thank in, you. buddy. Cheers, mate. Uh, Dean and get G'day, Dino. Yeah, mate, how are you? Very well, thank you.
6: Yeah, very disappointed me, mate, on that uh, Blues Crusaders thing. I'll make it a bit easier on Zay. They went totally out there with a defensive game plan like England in the 80s. Mm. Kick everything down there. They just needed to put it out. It was glaringly obvious when 30 minutes into the game, they finally get down there. They get two penalties, 7-0, kick it into the corner, try and get parity, and they take three. Mm. So they were hanging on by their teeth because they know that that back line, thanks to whoever's telling Leon he's got to pick that certain bloke at 13, there's nothing there. There's no cohesion. It's rubbish. And we've been watching it for four years. You've got outstanding wingers. They're losing their form because they're not getting the ball. The only chance they get at a ball is a cross-field kick. Mm. Go play league. It's rubbish. Utter rubbish. But then the work rate of the pair of them, you look at um, Leicester Whanuku, and you tell me there's a better winger running around New Zealand at the moment. The next best wingers can't go to the World Cup because his knee's shot, the Sevu Reese. and those two Chiefs boys, they're head and shoulders above either of those two Blues wingers. Head and shoulders, skill set, work rate, everything is stronger. And I, for me, the best number seven running around for Ticker is Billy Harmon. Mm. 79 minutes, Samu runs over the line for a try, and Billy Harmon's right there. Couldn't do anything, but his Ticker is still going after 79 minutes, and he's got bugger all help, especially when the NZR review say you can't have Ethan to group for this particular game. That decision for rugby players to be told they need a rest is utter crap. Mm. It's their job. We don't get a week off every five bloody days or five games. I know it's physical. I know it's tough. But having um, Gilbert stand down from fullback, why? He's Mm. not even an all-black. Yes, possibly could be. I'd rather have spent the time on him for four years than RTS, wasting money. But they make these ridiculous calls. Let RTS go back to league now. The Warriors could do with him. The Blues clearly don't need him. They finally worked it out that the guy was thrown in the deep end without having that MPC season right at the start it was critical to his development. I feel sorry for the bugger. I not think. anything against RTS at all. It's the way they managed him. It was appalling.
2: Yep. It was an experiment. I think it wasn't handled right. And I think ultimately it hasn't worked. So let's just crack on. It's inevitable what's going to happen. He's playing for the Warriors. He's not going to be playing rugby. Why not now?
6: I'm sick of the game, Steph. It's like Big Brother. It's rubbish. We're all Kiwis. Mm. He came out. The Warriors let him go on goodwill. Surely Rugby Union can do the same. If you do the maths on the Super Rugby, I think fourth and fifth is going to be the crusade. I mean, the Hurricanes-Blues. I'm not sure which one's going to get where. So they're going to play in a quarterfinal. Mm. I think the Hurricanes need to win one of those games, and that's going to cement them probably fifth. I think they're better. I think they're worthy of getting fourth. But like you just said, two players that everyone wants to go watch are going to have to have a rest. Why weren't they rested last week? Why does Artie want to play against Pacifica? 71-12. I oh, know. What's the point?
2: And he played damn near the whole well, game too.
6: He always does those steps. Mm. I mean, we all love Adi Savia. There's no doubt about it. But he's got three games that are way more important than that game.
4: Mm.
6: Like, for me, Pacifica shouldn't even be in it. That's how I see it. I don't understand why they're there. Fiji are trying. And they're just there for the free lunch. There's no there's no performance on the field. It's, it's appalling. The Blues game was rubbish the week before, and they almost burgled it. Mm. But it was just rubbish to watch. I turned that Hurricanes game off.
2: Mm. Dino, we do have to go, uh, but I just want to say to you, before you go, I'm going to tip my hat to you. I've been in denial. Brayden Enor was really, really good in the weekend. He was really, really good.
6: All Black 13, Steph,
2: all day. There there it is. Good on you, Dino. Dean from Dunedin. Brayden Enor, All Black 13. Jeepers. Let's squeeze Steve in now. Ted and Paul, can you guys hang on or ring back in about five? We do have to get a break away before the news, et cetera, et cetera. But Steve from Morgan. So Ted, Paul, we do want to hear from you. If you're happy to hold, do so. Or if you want to call back in five, do that as well. Steve, g'day. Oh, uh,
7: Carol, Stephanie, I'll make my points really quick. Firstly, um, to the whānau, thoughts with the whānau of uh, of um, Bruce Bruce Robertson um, uh, Man, Lovely, lovely man. Met him many times when he was with the Auckland Rugby Union and, of course, with the Northern Rugby Union. Nicest fella you would ever meet. I tell you what, he's the prince of centres. Um, I, you know, he just puts on a clinic the way he operates operated at centre. That's the first thing. Park that one. Um, really sad day for for New Zealand rugby, at Counties and, and Northern Rugby as well, where he worked. Um, just on the the Reds chess game I just want to chuck a bit of balance out here everybody talking about how many players that the the chess had out let me give you the tip the Reds have got up to 12 players missing including Jordan for um um Tupo you know guys guys of guys of that um, um, pa, uh, pa, pa, oh, Pausami is also missing as well. And, and several others, so they are missing some quality players. So for them, that was about as gutsy a win I've seen from an Australian team from a very, very long time. And mm. um, credible. Just on the on the Blues, you know, I've, to be honest, I had no expectation of them going down there to beat the Crusaders simply because the style in which they play. I've seen we've seen this. We've spoken about this all season that they've been picking pull away and absolutely nothing changed. They looked at their best when they actually started holding on to the ball and I think that was all just about desperation. Gee, we're two tries down. We need to do something. But I thought at the end of the day, that scoreline flattered the Blues to my way of thinking because I actually thought the Crusaders were much, much the better team despite the defensive effort of the Blues and I thought the Crusaders also defended very, very well. They could have had three or four. Other, other tries and won this game, basically going away. Just on the guy before, with regards to Moana Pacifica, boy, we got short memories in this country. Think back to 1996, the opening of Super Rugby. The likes of the Highlanders and the Crusaders were being beaten by 70 points by some of the South African teams.
0: They were too when
7: they were on. They, when they were on tour, it's going to take Moana Pacifica a long time to, to, to bed this in. That was pretty much their second fifteen. They rolled out on Saturday night. They left a lot of their heavy hitters out and they paid the ultimate price for it. And I, I think there's a lesson here for some of the New Zealand teams at the moment. You can't afford to always roll out your second team if you take if you underestimate somebody. You saw that with the Blues from the week before. You saw that with the Crusaders against the Fiji, Fiji and Jua. There's been a couple of other cases as well. Let these guys have a bit of time to basically bet in because I'll tell you what, they were, they were in that game. At time but they just didn't have any quality off the bench, and, and that was noticeable with Auckland Auckland club rugby because some of the top teams were missing a lot of their Polynesian players. Guess where they were? Steffi. They were the They were the reserves. They were the reserves for the uh, Moana Pacifica team. So, you know, they're pulling guys out of club rugby to to top up their their team at the moment. Mm. Um, and just finally, off the Blues. Man, I just don't know. I'm uh, I don't know. Well
2: what's that what's the first summon of madness? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result, brother. That's what I'm seeing. Mm. Good man, Steve. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Just quickly, two text messages. Uh this is what I love about this job. Staff, Dean from Dunedin is spot on. Pete from Christchurch, Crusaders all the way. Quickly followed by Tell Dino to go back to farming sheep. Must be watching a game at Tahuna Park. Biometrically opposed. Thanks for holding on. Uh, we'll come back to Ted, Paul, and Brett right after this. A uh, bit of a dilemma. Three great callers online. News in two minutes. Uh, I, I can make news a little bit later because Ted. I really appreciate you holding on. Welcome in.
8: Hey, uh, Stephie, how are you?
2: Good, Ted. Cool.
8: Yeah, hey, uh, just wanted to. Um, I heard the news about uh, Bruce Robinson.
2: Yeah,
8: and um, really sad news. Um, Was a. Prince of Centres.
2: Yes, he was.
8: Um, but I always thought um, him and um, that guy from France, um, Philippe Salah, oh. sort of around the same uh, class of player. Yes. Yeah. So, um, really sad moment in uh, New Zealand rugby and um, you know, commiserations to his, um, his whanau. Um I listened to the um, Warriors game on uh, Friday night,
4: mm-hmm.
8: um, awesome call, um, and it kind of took me back to um, the times when um, Alan Mack used to do the um, calls for the Warriors games, and um, I think it was him and Owen Wright. That's right, it was. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, you yeah, I, I can remember back to those days, and...
2: Always enjoy the Alan Max call. Mm, yeah, no, Sammy, Sammy does a great job. And Blake Ashford in his first effort, uh, first time in co-commentary, I thought he was brilliant as well.
8: Yeah, no, that was cool. Uh, great
2: call. I'll pass that on, Ted.
8: Yeah, all right. Good on you, buddy. Thanks,
2: mate. Thank you. Go well. Uh, Paul from Northland. G'day, Paul. Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, yeah, just
9: some more. what did you
2: think of the referee? Much better.
4: <laughs>
2: I mean, we had a good ref. Yeah, we no, had no, their, we had their top-rated ref. And then, if you look at the referee that we had last week with the shambles, he had the Thursday night yeah. game shambles. That's right. It was,
9: it was a shambles, and um, yeah, it just goes to show. A eh, maybe the there's probably a couple. I think Ashley Klein's another good ref, um, but there's probably only a couple really that that are up to scratch. And I think that guy ref their last game was. Just, uh, w- w- way out of his depth, to be honest. I think he gets intimidated uh, and he gets flustered, so you can't afford to do that when you're talking two points in the NRL, mate. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, There's someone talking about Roger before. Um, I, I can't see the Auckland rugby letting him go. I mean, they don't have any fans turn up as it is, and it's no way they're going to let him go to the Warriors so the Warriors can get 30000 so um, I can't see that happening, mate. And then that's the reality of it. You know, they're fighting for the same fans. You know, the, the same fans. So, um, but unfortunately, they're losing that battle. Uh, but the super rugby competition. Is there any other competition in the world that you know of where basically a governing body says to a team? They dictate who, what coaches, what players can can, can play where, when they can play, and so forth. I think it's an absolute joke, and fans are getting ripped off. It just seems so contrived, and you know, it's. I'd be first off if I was a Hurricane fan, and, and you know, the players you want to see keep getting told they have to sit this one out by a governing body, but they keep going back for more. It's, it's a joke.
2: It is, and I don't know if you heard us talk to Brett Camorley last week and um, he played just week after week playing uh, NRL State of Origin Kangaroos Tours and I asked him was he knackered at the end of the year and he said, no, I'm a professional athlete, paid to play, and I want to play. You take your rest Monday to Friday, you front up on the weekend and you play. If they need rested minutes, they so can sit out a couple of trainings. That's
9: right. That's, and that's you said the word professional, unfortunately – you know, people who run rugby in this country are basically amateurs pretending to be professionals. They've got absolutely no idea, mate. Mm.
2: Awesome, buddy. Yeah. Um, stay safe up there in Northrop, mate. Good to hear from you.
9: Good, hey, mate. Uh, we've got two points. Uh, we're going to beat the boy this weekend, and then, uh, you know, we've got the Broncos and Napier. I think we'll get that one. So it's looking good, mate.
2: It's looking tremendous. Love the support. Good on you, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, we'll go to news. We'll come straight back with Brett after that.
3: Well, listen, buster start to move
2: your feet to the of madness yeah. you're welcome to call in on anything super rugby or UFC or Hayden Wild's triathlon win which was fantastic viewing in the weekend as well the Warriors anything you like Brett from Huntley oh Brett your grubs what happened
10: not grubby enough <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, was it painful I was to watch? Furious. Like, oh, you were. I
10: was furious. Steph. Yeah. So, and my my thoughts was, um, I don't have a, a problem with rotating those guys in, but if you're one of those, oh, let's call them a, a dead tracker, how can you not get up emotionally for for those games? Mm. Like, because that could be your only chance. And the reality is that was probably going to be the last chance you could get a start this year uh, because we only got three weeks till playoffs. And then you turn in that performance when you've been training all year and then you roll that out. So, yeah, that was my idea on that. And Dino had a crack at the rugby union and I'm going to join in and have a crack at probably Chiefs rugby union. Whose idea was it to take the game to Bob the Builder's house?
2: I don't mind them taking it to the provinces to be perfectly honest. I like it when the Hurricanes go to Napier or Palmerston North. I do like that. Um, feel inclusive. Um, the Hurricanes did play a game in Palmerston North and that was a sellout. Um, they don't have a great stadium in New Plymouth because of the earthquake situation and it looks even worse, worse on TV. But the, the stands that were available were full, but we hardly ever saw it. I think there were eleven or 12,000 people. So just, um, they'll be disappointed with that performance, mate, like you.
10: Yeah, and uh, the, the Blues, Blues are copying it this weekend. I've got a bit of sympathy for, for them because they don't lose to trash teams. The Blues, they lost two games last year. They lost week one to the Canes, and they lost the final to the Crusaders. And even this year, they've only lost to the Brumbies, the Chiefs, and the Crusaders. At least they're only losing to teams that are at the, the top of the table, not like, that performance that we rolled out.
2: How do you think they'll respond to that loss in New Plymouth, the Chiefs?
10: <laughs> I asked Israel this morning because my thought straight away was, "Geez, I'd hate to be those fellas at training next week." Mm. And yeah, Israel said, "Yeah, you're right. That's a thing, man." <laughs> so I'm glad. I hope they get trashed their training. Geez, old I will, I'll trash them. Yeah. Uh, can I? Can I? Uh, you, you just brought it up there, Saf, and I wanted to sign off with it because I did watch him, Hayden Wild. What a beast.
2: I know. I mean, there was all this rugby and league on at the same time, but I was tuned 100% into Hayden Wild. I I just love that guy. I love triathlon. I love Ironman and all of that because I know the amount of training that the athletes do. And until you actually see it live, which you would have, Brett, you don't actually realise how fast they are running and biking in particular. They are world class in every single discipline.
10: That was – a city course that was wet staffed. So uh, for people that don't know, white lines on the road when it's raining is like an ice skating rink. And the, the pressure that they're, they're putting on their bikes and flying around, and, and that's a drafting race too, so you're in a bunch. it's hairy. And then he took off, and so he did 29.30 for his 10Ks. He's running sub three-minute Ks. Mm. And he dawdled when he got to the carpet. So, he, yeah, he would have been close to 29
2: minutes for his 10Ks. Crazy, yeah. Eh?
10: And he looked like he was cruising. He and just broke those dudes in that first lap.
2: The cool thing is not no, swimming's his weakest, and I think he was 15th yeah. out of the water in a, in a high club. Everyone was there probably except for Alex Yee, but he's 15th out, yep, out of the correct. water. And when he found that out, he thought, oh, that's pretty awesome because I know he's been working hard on his swimming. I mean, look out next Olympics.
10: yeah. And the good thing is, is that we don't have to wait that long for Paris.
2: No, that's it. That's but uh, it.
10: apparently Alex is going to be there in two weeks in Italy when they, they, they'll they have a clash then. So, oh, yeah, can't wait. Mm. He's a maniac. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Love
4: good.
10: him.
2: Good stuff, Brett. Good to hear from you, buddy. See my buddy. To you, mate. And don't worry, Brett and Chiefs fans, I'm expecting a massive bounce back from them this weekend. Don't you worry about that. Um, oh the great man Leroy from Gisborne's called G'day Leroy
11: G'day hey Ooh nice and quick
2: Yeah boy See you timed <laughs> awesome. your run Perfectly
11: <laughs> Yeah 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 No ads ad, ad yet Ad <laughs> Nah Good on the Warriors Yeah It was a Mickey game That one um, Sat down with my Kangawaru And a cup of tea And listening to the call From Sammy And um, Blake Asher Yeah he did well Blake He did on eh his, um, yeah, Really his, good insights uh, Yeah you, know, you see, it's pretty good when you listen to former players, you know, coming on radio stations and doing commentary and stuff like that. They give you a good insight, like what you're saying. Mm. Um, yeah. I had a funny feeling, Steph, that um, the scores would have been, like, up in the forty somewhere, but you wouldn't think that the Panthers would have done that, you know? I know. That's the roosters. there was a hiding. Yeah. What was I it? Something the like... I thought might have done it again.
2: Was it forty-eight? 40 just four or something like that, was it? 48 48 4. four. 48 4. Yeah, Gee, I mean, that's an amazing attacking display, but equally amazing defensive display yeah. in any NRL yeah. game to hold a team to four.
11: Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought South would sort have of done it, you know, but it was only 20 nil, and but the Cowboys did it 42. And, oh, far right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But when you, when you mentioned that, that no one had taken the sweets they got saying, oh, far. You would have thought someone would have got it, eh, you know, but what? that's the way it
2: goes. No one took the Penny Panthers. Not a person. No. Yeah. No. Good stuff, Leroy.
11: You have a good one, mate.
2: Eh? And was the Kai good, uh, good on Friday?
11: Oh, yeah, loved it. I just finished seen some bottled uh, feijos. Oh, Jeez, mate, you yeah, are they a me some dab hand in the kitchen. Yeah, well, you know, being blind you, Steph, you know, got to try and find things to do, and that's why I listen to the radio and gives me a lot of, you know, peace. And, oh. I lost my wife last year, Steph, yeah, and my brother two months before she passed.
2: So oh, she's been a tough couple of years making. for you, champion. I'm I'm really pleased that we yeah. can bring you a little bit of joy, mate. That's what it's all about.
11: Yeah, that, that, that's what keeps me going, Steph, radio. Baking, you know, bottling,
2: whatever. Just do whatever. Top man,
11: Leroy. A lot of people out. <laughs> well, you, well, mate, ke- me, keep a
2: little jar of those fee jars aside because me and my sister at some stage are going to come to Gisborne, which is both of our city of birth, and uh, I'd love to share a bottled fee jar with you and tell some yarns.
11: No worries. That's all good, eh? Let's Take go. You.
2: Cheers, Leroy. Thank there you. he is, Leroy, out of Poverty Bay. Capital Poverty Bay, I'm going to say. Gisborne. Um... Give us a yell. <clears throat> 0800 150 811. We've got some text messages coming in. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. If you want to call, call. Boards are clear. You'll be first on. Um, failing that, I'll read some of the text messages that have come in this morning. We've got Midday Madness. Lines are open. Uh, we go back to the phone lines. The great man Cliff from Dunedin. G'day Cliff.
12: Yeah, g'day Staffy. How you doing? Good, thanks Cliffy. That's good. Yeah, Hey, uh, We'll have to have a chat about the Highlanders. I watched the game. I thought, you know, we've got a lot of injuries in the forwards, the locks. I think we had three locks injured, so Frizzell had to go in there. And I thought our forwards did a good game. You know, the Renton and the boys did well up front. They muscled up, but the back line, they're just all over the place. And, and every week they seem to have different players in different positions. That game, we 20 minutes or so to go... We were six points ahead, and one of their guys went in the in the bin for ten minutes. We ended up conceding twenty two more unanswered points and got a bit of a hiding in the end. And it was it was very disappointing to see them go down like that so easily in that last twenty minutes. Just whether the pace of the game just got to them, or the the reserves coming on just aren't you know don't keep the game level up. It's a bit of a tough lot next week against the Rebels in Dunedin. I'd hate to see what sort of
2: crowd's going to turn up for that. Mm. Oh, I no. Like I really do feel for the Highlanders. One of the great cities, one of the historically great rugby um, provinces of New Zealand, and they're just doing it tough. I really hope the fans stick by them because, as you know, Cliff, you've been around a long time like me, that this, this is the time you need your fans to stick with you.
12: Yeah, they just they just two or three quality pa- uh, fellas in the back line short. You know, mm. there's some good pl- there's some good players there, but just not enough of them. You know, they're competitive. You know, especially when they got the All Black prop there and uh, with Aaron Smith. But I, you know, the the halfback played pretty good. But you know, it's a tough one. But yeah, old Bruce Robertson, I, you know, he was brilliant to watch the Grand Slam tour in '78. He played every test. He was a great player there with, with Osborne. And then that 1980 centenary test uh, against Wales was another standout for me. Uh, yeah, just just a silky runner. Always hit, run with the ball in front of him. Always looking to get rid of it. You know, in those days people did that, you know. They're always looking for the pass. They didn't really want to take too much contact, but yeah, he was silky. He was, yeah, uh, gone too soon, but yeah. Hey, great day down here. Beautiful day. Beautiful. State, have a good one,
2: Cheers, mate. Listen, from one, we're paying tribute to Bruce Robertson. Um, thanks, Cliffy. We'll go to Graeme. Um, I'm just going to say from Northland. Don't care where you are now, Graeme, because you're
13: from Northland. Oh, I appreciate that, actually, Steph. Bloody, yeah, no, I am from
12: Northland. Yeah, no.
13: Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Had a great weekend, mate. If you're, you know, started on Friday night, but the Chief's getting spanked, and then... Um, and then um, ended <laughs> on Saturday night with the Blues getting beat. How freaking cool is that, mate? Can ask more. <laughs> um, but just um, Bowden Barrett, it. like it's almost almost like he, he's been he's been someone has been coached out of doing what he does best. Yep. And like right, running at the line and and taking on the defensive line and all he does now is he either passes or kicks, and the kicks are going nowhere. Like I just, and he does exactly the same when he's in the All Blacks, like, and and people knock, people have knocked Richie Moaga Moanga say, oh, when he's in the All Blacks, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. But I don't think they're allowed to. Like Richie Moanga owned him on Saturday night. You know, look like, look at the hits that Richie took and the tackles that he made. I mean, it was just he was he was just a another loose forward. Bowden come off the field. And he wasn't
2: even sweating. The definitely, like look, just, it definitely looks to me like Bowden Barrett's suffering from game plan instruction. Um, I don't. I'm not yeah. seeing the natural flairy Bowden Barrett, and he's getting heaped on a lot. But I think we need to look a little bit deeper that he is playing to instruction.
13: Yeah, I, I agree. But it's like he's a world rugby player of the year twice, mate.
2: Yeah, that's it. He's got
13: his. He's still got some wheels, man. But something's. And and the guy that's coaching him is, you know, going to be an assistant all-black coach. It just seems, um, you know, at the moment, you can't pick Bowden in the all-black squad, but you will be, but there's better players around than him.
2: Mm. Graeme, we've got to and then,
13: and then, Oh, OK, mate. Sorry, and, buddy. And then, what's going wrong with Tom Robinson? Get Tom Robinson back in there, for God's sake. Otherwise, oh. they, they won't make the playoffs.
2: I'm with Have you. Have a good one on staff. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. buddy. Thanks, Graeme. Joey, we got just over a minute.
3: Yeah, guys, Steph. Yeah, the the, the problem with Baden Barrett, he doesn't know whether he's fullback or first five eight. They're playing him, and he, he's he's playing in both positions. And now, now you're seeing that he's, he's getting what if I say? Confused. He, he's kicking the ball at five eight, and then going back to fullback. Then he's going back to five eight. Then he's going in and being the first receiver. He needs to either play full play fullback or first five eight. He's actually a first five eight because he won two world world uh, titles as the best player in the world at five eight. Not at fullback. That's where you should play them, and you say to him, that's where you're staying, and we don't want you going back to fullback. and the guy will play a lot better because he'll be more structured. As for the, the, the structure of the Super 14 uh, staff, it's a shocker. I mean, a side like um, uh, Otago, the Highlanders, the, uh, they've won four games, and they're only two, three points off being eight. And the top eight go through. It's just like the Phoenix, you know. The top six out of ten teams go through. It's a joke, you know. It should be the top four, whatever, and and they go through. They play the semi-finals. They play the finals. And whoever can't get there, can't get there. Um, as for the Blues, I did say earlier on uh, in the season it would be a Chiefs Crusaders final. I still think it'll be that, and I think the Blues will probably get knocked out in either probably the
4: second the second round.
2: Joey, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. Here's the answer. Uh, text, from, a text from Mikey saying, Staffy, have you heard from Ken yet? I'm concerned for him. Also forgot to mention yet again, under the radar, the Brumbies with another big one. Look out next week, Chiefs fans. That's from Mikey. I have heard from Ken. Staffy, give Adrian Choate an all-black jersey. He was the best on field and send those match officials back to Australia or were they from Christchurch? Cheers, Ken. I thought Adrian Choate was magnificent in a losing effort. I agree with you there, Ken. Uh, John says the reason the Chiefs lost is because they believe their own press. Watch them run out, high fiving people. Just thought they would turn up and win. And the Crusaders are just too good for the Blues again. We're going to take a break for news, and on the other side, we have a number of tributes. Uh, pretty much the whole hour is dedicated to the Prince of Centers, Bruce Robertson. Don't go anywhere. It's yes, a sad day, sad weekend for New Zealand rugby with the passing of the man coined the Prince of Centres, Bruce Robertson. All Blacks, 702, age 71, sadly taken uh, far too soon after suffering with ill health for quite some time. <clears throat> I was going to write my tribute to Bruce Robertson, um, but I've recorded this morning a number of tributes from the likes of Andy Dalton, Ian Kirkpatrick, Sir Brian Williams, etc., and I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Lou McConnell's done a wonderful job on allblacks.com with a tribute to Bruce Robertson. So I just wanted to share some moments of it. <clears throat> Tall, fast, and with an unerring ability to feed his wings into try scoring space, he was a central contributor to the revival of the All Blacks running game, something which had been overshadowed by the strength of the All Blacks forward game during the 50s and 60s. Born in Hastings, he made his mark in counties, for whom he would play 135 games before retiring in 1982. His ability was sufficiently evident when making his debut in 1971 to be called into the North Island team for the annual Inter-Island game. He was then selected for the All Blacks internal tour of 1972 and he made his test debut later in the season for the All Blacks against Australia at Athletic Park. In the amateur days when test matches were often less than 10 a year, he played 34 tests, but he played 102 all-black games before his career ended in the home test series against Scotland in 1981. He declined to play against the touring South Africans of that year. On the tour of Britain, Ireland and France in 72-3, Robertson's ability and courage were seen. However, in the Scotland test, Robertson wanted to be replaced at half-time. He said, the duty doctor said I'd gone on with both legs bandaged, so they said I had injuries before the game started, so I could not be replaced. And so in spite of the obvious hamstring injury, not long into the second half, he slipped several players and kicked to the in-goal area and wing Grant Batty, my favourite, got through to score, he said. That helped the All Blacks to a 14-9 win in a hard-fought game. It kept the side's hopes of achieving the All Blacks' first Grand Slam in Britain and Ireland, but in the Irish test, the home team held the New Zealanders to a 10-all draw. As a result, both Robertson and the All Blacks had to wait for the Grand Slam until another day. Robertson said, Ireland was one game we should have won. We probably didn't utilise the ball as much as we should have done. And in the end, we kicked it to them and they scored a counter-attacking try and missed that kick. We could have won the game. It was one of those games where you come off and say, that game was probably the easiest test matches I've played, but we drew. In 1976, he toured South Africa and he scored in the third test. He was famously the victim of incidents when denied New Zealand two tries in the fourth test, one of which could well have been a penalty try as the All Blacks were beaten 15-14 and denied the chance to draw a series. In 1978, he was part of the All Black side that finally secured a grand slam in Britain and Ireland. They beat Ireland 10-6, Wales 13-12, England 16-6 and Scotland 18-9 in which he scored the match-winning try.
14: The All Blacks have broken out to halfway. Doug Bruce, the kick-on there by Bill Osborne, and Bruce Robertson might get a dramatic try for the All Blacks. He's got the try. And there is the most dramatic breakout I have ever seen in international rugby. That seals it for the All Blacks. They're now sure that history is made.
2: He played in the Welsh Rugby Centenary Series, an all-black team good enough for Murray, its captain, to rank the best New Zealand team he had played in. After his retirement, Robertson continued to work in rugby with the Auckland Rugby Union as a coaching development officer, while also getting involved as a coach with the Blues in Super Rugby, the New Zealand Colts and his county's Manukau Union. Bruce Robertson sadly passing away May twelfth. that was Friday. And we have compiled a bunch of tributes from men who are hurting today, um, but they have kindly given us a few minutes each. So I recorded all of these this morning. Uh, some were driving, some stopped working, but they were all ready to pause and share their comments on their great colleague, their great teammate, and their great friend. And that was Bruce Robertson. First up, I spoke with county's legend, fellow centurion Andy Dalton. Well, of course, uh, the very sad passing of Bruce Robertson, fondly remembered as All Black 702, but also a centurion for the County Steelers as well. Um, And there's about 15-odd centurions that have come out of the the wonderful Counties province. And one of them joins us now. He's also former All Black captain Andy Dalton joins us. Andy, thanks heaps for chatting today. It's a sad day for rugby fans and, and Counties fans as well, so our sympathies to you and, and fellow teammates, etc. Now, I just wanted to mention, you joined Counties when Bruce Robertson was an established All Black and, and Counties man. Do you remember, you know, your your initial stages into Counties, into the Steelers, and Bruce Robertson was part of that team? Yes,
15: well, uh, hi, Mark. And, um, yeah, just terribly sad for the family. Uh, very special guy, and uh, I remember it well. Uh, when I joined Counties, he was an established All Black, uh, very much part of the senior uh, leadership group in the Counties team. And to be honest, I was in awe of the guy because um, he was such a, a wonderful player. To this day, I don't think I've seen a more skilful or um, talented um, player play rugby. And that's certainly when I was playing, he was was the most talented and gifted player that I ever played with or against and would have loved to see a guy with you know his skills in the modern game but uh, a very special guy and incredibly competitive on the field but an absolute gentleman uh, off and uh, almost a Jekyll and Hyde character or Brucey we had in the Bombay uh, Ardmore games we had some real goes with each other but off the field, just a wonderful,
2: wonderful, gentle person. A lot of people I've spoken to that are maybe a generation older than me have all suggested or described, it's quite a common theme, that Bruce Robertson was a centre ahead of his time and reshaped the way centres, not only in New Zealand, but round the world play. Um, I I have a very faint, distant childhood memory of him, but um, people of, of your ilk, what made him such a special player?
15: Yeah, he was incredibly skillful. Um, he always carried the ball in two hands, so you never knew which way he was going to, to go or uh, whether he was going to pass. And he just had a, a wonderful ability to create space for his uh, outsides. Um, and a, there was a turn of pace. Uh, he used to just glide across the field, and when he put on the, um, the burners, he, he just used to... Uh, create so much space for his outsides. And, uh, Peter Goldsmith, Pat Gates, Bobby Lindrum at fullback—they uh, all benefited so much from him creating the space. wasn't always Bruce scoring the tries, but he was certainly uh, instigating most of them that those outside backs were scoring.
2: Yeah, and he formed he formed a, a wonderful uh, relationship with Billy Osborne in the All Blacks. But of course, Billy didn't play for counties. Um, Take me back to those counties days when you first entered into the team, and that backline from counties having Bruce Robertson in the centre of it. I can only imagine it would would have been one of the backlines with with a lot of flair.
15: Yeah, it was a very skillful group of guys. Uh, Ian McRobbie was there when we started at first five, then GK Taylor, Graham Taylor, who played um, most of his uh, representative football with with Bruce and uh, was a club, club mate as, as well. Um, GK was probably one of the, another one of those guys um, that should have been, could have been an all-black, a very talented player. And he and Bruce were a, a wonderful combination. And then, as I mentioned before, Goldie and um, Peter Goldsmith and Pat Gates. Um, Richard Palmer was there as well out on the, on the wing uh, with Bobby Lendrum at fullback. I mean, it was studded. Start- uh, but Bruce was certainly the, the leader of that group.
2: And You're one of the top provincial teams at the time, and it was completely amateur back in those days, Andy. What did, what did Bruce Robertson do away from playing rugby?
16: Uh, he, he went to
15: Artmore Teachers College, uh, so he was a teacher back in those days, a PE teacher. Uh, but he went on to, to coach at, um, uh, at Auckland initially as uh, one of the club coaches, and then uh, was also involved with the the Blues. And I think with Peter Sloan in 2003, he was part of the coaching team there. Then moved up to to Northland and um, uh, spent quite a bit of time assisting them there. So very close to the game, certainly uh, very generous with his time. And as I said uh, earlier, an absolute gentleman off the field
2: well, Andy, you've been generous with your time as well. I know you're driving. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes just to remember the great man, Bruce Robertson. Our heartfelt condolences to the, the county's family and the wider Robertson family as well. Stay well and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. Andy Dalton, there, former All Black captain. Uh, mainly on the county's perspective, uh, I welcome your text, actually, 8833. That is the Temper Bear Post text machine. Um, your memories of Bruce Robertson, I'd love to share them with the rest of the audience as well. So um, we've got one here actually from Neville. Rest in peace, Bruce Robertson. His timing and running onto the ball was magic, which made it easy for the wingers. Never been another centre like him. Uh, should show them, uh, they should show the modern centre his past videos. They could learn a lot, Neville. Yeah, I, I actually watched a few um, historical uh, videos, um, God bless YouTube, uh, the, some of them are quite hard to find but he was one of those players that had time, could identify space, beautiful delivery, just a beautiful pass remember in the old days they used to hitch their hip when they passed they they all did it along the back line, they hitched their hip, um, not so much spiral passes like we see these days, I mean that's the evolution of rugby but he was just so fast and, and just so good I also read he was dropped for an Australian tour um, because the coach ooh, whose name escapes was it Eric Watts? Uh, Eric 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 can't remember. A co- uh, the coach didn't want him to Australia because he said he had defensive frailty so he was dropped but he had to go he had to call for him to come over to Australia's injury cover he started the second test and had a blinder and his teammates uh, often said yeah he didn't put on the King hits but boy he was more than made up for it. An attack. Um, we're still going to hear from Ian Kirkpatrick and also Super Ryan Williams uh, who played to his outside. Two chats I recorded earlier this morning and just before we go to this break, we'll take you to this break with the thoughts of a, a semi-modern day player, Jeff Wilson, speaking earlier this morning on uh, Mornings with Ian Smith. His thoughts on Bruce Robertson.
17: He was such a great man. Uh, a great man to talk to and chat to and I spoke to him on a number of occasions and look, growing up, um, you know, he was he was it. He was the centre he was the guy you know, like he was um, he had beautiful speed wonderful skills was a great, great player and you know before Conrad Smith he was the guy and even then you know, talk to that generation um, my my parents' generation my dad's generation it was Bruce Robertson the way that he played the game so it was absolutely quite a bit of chat an absolute um, tragedy to lose him uh, you know I'll of course our thoughts with the family but you know we'll always go down as a, um, a fantastic rugby player but a great bloke
2: Yep, Jeff Wilson's thoughts there I actually rang a friend of mine last night in my pursuit of Bill Osborne to get him on today um, who knows him reasonably well and he regaled me a story from many years ago when he was at a test match I think in Wellington and he was hosting him uh, hosting in a corporate box and Bill Osborne was in the box and he was his hero when he was playing was Bill Osborne and he went up and introduced himself and Bill said grab a beer come and sit down and let's have a yarn and they talked about Bruce Robertson, and um, then they started talking about business because Bill Osborne went on to have a very successful career in business. So we tried everything we could to get a hold of Bill Osborne, but um, no one seems to know where he is. He could well be out of the country, is uh, the closest I could get. But we will take a break uh, still to come. Uh, honouring Bruce Robertson, we have Ian Kirkpatrick still to come, Sir Brian Williams still to come, don't go anywhere we are honouring Bruce Robertson uh, uh, Great news uh, sorry about that stumbled intro, just heard back from Andy Leslie, he's going to have a chat to us soon as well because um, he captained the great man uh, Bruce Robertson who we are um, respecting and honouring today uh, earlier this morning, uh, it was great to catch up with another former teammate, Ian Kirkpatrick It, is it joined now by a former All Black captain, former All Black great himself, Ian Kirkpatrick, uh, reflecting on the life and the rugby times of Bruce Robertson, Kirkie, um, He was a great man. Uh, we've, we've spoken to Andy Dalton from Counties, and of course Bruce Robertson started at Counties, found his way into the All Blacks at a young age. Uh, what are your recollections of him in All Black touring parties?
18: Oh, look, he was, uh, I mean, he had all the skills of that any back would want to have. Um, and he, you know, he came in as a young, sort of outstanding center. And so, and that's how he, um, continued to play. And he obviously, you know, he, he obviously got better as he went along, but then he got to the stage where he, he, didn't have to get any better. He was so, so good. So good. Bruce, he, you know, his, um, his running, it was unusual. Uh, he, um, he, he, Going by athletic standards, his calves weren't that. Didn't look that strong, but could could he generate some pace off the mark? And he also didn't have a high knee action. Sort of, he was sort of low and quick, and oh no, he was, and he glided, and he yeah, he was outstanding.
2: And as a as a flanker, Kirky, it's sort of your role to follow those channels. Was he a hard man to track? Was he because watching some of the footage, he was sort of Cullen like, in that you didn't know he had all of this deception that the opponent's defence didn't know what he was doing. I'd imagine as a flanker trying to pick where the breakdown was going to be, it was hard for you too.
18: Yeah, he, no, wasn't. Well, following Bruce, he wasn't too bad. You know, he, he I mean, he he did not dart sort of in um, sort of all directions he, but he he confused them by sometimes he would run with a ball in two hands occasionally and then that would be that would sort of deflect where he was might have been going so yeah no he wasn't too hard to follow at all um <laughs> pretty hard to keep up with <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh but he was you know he was yeah, he was just a, an outstanding player and of course he, could, he he defended just as well too, so all and really fantastic.
2: And I don't know if you were in the game in Scotland when there was the fog or the haze, and people describe it as the greatest try that no one saw. Um, it was it was in the haze at Murrayfield, I think it was. Um, I don't know if you were in that game or not, Kookie.
18: No, it wasn't. No, no, and no. that no, was after after I finished. Yeah, That's that was that would have been was that. I was 78 or seventy-nine? Yeah. thereabouts, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it yeah. was.
2: Yeah, okay, all right. I can't ask you about that. So you didn't see it either. No one bloody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> um, what What about? Um, you know, you go on tours and and uh, you, you definitely play your rugby. What sort of character was he off the field?
18: Oh, he was. He was. Um, yeah, you know, he was. He was quiet and unassuming. Really, he was just a. He was a great tourist. I mean, he was no no hassle. Um, just good to talk to all the time, you know, do the fat over anything you like. And, uh, no, he was, he was a great tourist. And so, you know, that's what made him sort of what he was really. He was all around just a, a great guy to have on any tour. And he, you know, he, he never, I don't think he sort of forced his ideas on too much. He, you know, he, he would contribute something that we all respected. And, uh, yeah, and got on with it. Yeah, and it's my, it's been you know I've got to be honest and say it's been quite a while since I when I last saw them, but it wouldn't have made any difference. And I played uh, played with them for four or five seasons, and you know when you go in these longer tours, you you certainly get to know these guys. And if you if you don't see them for very long, you know too often. It doesn't make any difference. You just pick it up straight away as if it was yesterday that we had our last tour. And so that was, that was great about those long tours or longish tours, um, about getting to know guys. And once you, once you got to know them, you know, it, it stuck for life really. And so we said that, uh, we will we we'll miss Brucey, you know, even though I haven't seen him too much lately and, uh. Condolences to Nelly and her Um It's a sad day for them, a sad time for them. But, yeah, no, he was, he be remembered as, you know, not only a great rugby player, but just a, a great all-round New Zealander. Yeah.
2: Uh, Kirky, for the younger
18: listeners, maybe
2: the ones that were born in, in, in the last 30 years, can, can you maybe compare him to a playing style of a modern-day rugby player at centre?
18: Yeah, it's hard to compare. You know, the back in the amateur day and days, and, and and now, I mean, the game's completely different. But I guess if there's one guy that would compare with Bruce, Brucey would be probably Conrad Smith. In mm. the way, the way that he, you know, that Conrad played, had that 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 knack of uh, just rugby, rugby now, really that he did things at the right time and. And and I guess you you know you'd have to compare. I could compare him with with Brucey, but it's hard. You know, as, as I said, it's hard to compare. But he would probably come the closest. I mean, now the, you know the players have got a lot bigger, and they you know the requirement is is different now for centres. So quite hard to compare. But but you know if you you can compare just by era by era, and so you know they're up there doesn't matter what area you're talking about. In their own area, they're right up there. And I guess that's all you can sort of compare with. Mm. But really, yeah, um, Conrad Smith would, would probably be the one that would come to mind. That would be very similar to um, to, to Bruce Robertson's um, silky skills. Mm.
2: All right, Kirky, I appreciate your time today. Our sympathies to the wider rugby community, of course, and definitely to his as well, as you um, rightly pointed out. Uh, thanks heaps for your thoughts on the Prince of Centres, Bruce Robertson.
18: Uh, Pleasure, Daffy.
2: Welcome back in, folks, as we pay tribute to the Prince of Centres, Bruce Robertson, sadly passing... On Friday, uh, very fortunate now to be joined by a former all-black captain, and he's a wonderful man, and um, to get his thoughts on the passing of Bruce, i very sad and just remembering what a wonderful rugby player he was. Andy Leslie joins the show. G'day, Andy.
19: Steph, thanks for calling us, and uh, apologies for not getting back to you earlier. That's I was all right. on the road, my phone was turned off.
2: No, that's Sorry. fine. That's fine, that's fine. Um, Bruce Robertson... Uh, like a very, very sad day, but we can celebrate uh, his life and his contribution to rugby. Um, he was a very special player that you got to lead.
19: Yes. Look, I think the world knows what sort of a rugby player, you know, Brucey was. He was, you know, well, the best. And uh, But we were, those of us who were fortunate enough to travel with him and uh, be involved with him in a team, in a team situation, he was, you know, he was better than best. He was, you know, probably the greatest team, one of the greatest teammates you could have. Uh, he, uh, he contributed, he encouraged, he, uh, helped. He, uh, never got upset. I, I know younger than me, uh, in years, but, uh, an experience far more, uh, had far more depth than I did at rugby when I, I become involved with the All Blacks and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, with him and guys like Kirky and Tani and people around you like that, Brian Williams, uh, they they were what built the the All Black All Black legacy, which has carried on and been so strong. And Bruce has been such a big part of that.
2: We just spoke to Ian Kirkpatrick actually actually, and I gave him the, the, the difficult um, job of trying to compare him to a modern day player for people that may not have seen Bruce Robertson play and he said Conrad Smith which was the one I sort of thought of as well. So that indicates to me a very cerebral thinking rugby player Andy. Yeah and
19: you know the pressure never bothered them. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was... Uh,
20: And
19: it doesn't bother good players, does it? You know, you you watch them play and you see pressure situations. And who are the coolest people on the paddock? You know, the Conrad Smiths, the Brucey Robinsons. And, you know, you can keep on naming them. I I played with a guy at club rugby, Jim Brown, who was exactly the same sort of mould and thinking of of Brucey and, uh, you know, like Conrad Smith. And uh, uh, they they just seem to have you know, everything's under control. Nothing happens too fast for them. They, they know what's going to happen.
2: Very different era Andy, of course it's a very professional game now and players going offshore, but the absolute pinnacle for you guys was to put on that black jersey, that silver fern. You weren't playing for money, you're playing for your country and you're playing for each other.
19: Yeah, you know, that. that well, that's, that's what it was all about then, you know. Uh, I think all of us would have loved the opportunity to be playing today and Uh, you know, have a sabbatical in in Japan and earn some retirement money. Most of us had to give up playing rugby to earn money. Uh, You know, we all had young families and uh, we were just growing up. Like, uh, when I can remember my first, well, one and only test in Wellington here and uh, uh, Bruce uh, Nelly uh, and uh, Gaylene Crossman come down to the game and they were really the only two girls that my wife got to know uh because you know wives didn 't tra- travel- with the teams then and uh, you know basically they couldn't afford to, but we were we were very lucky to you know to you know had Nellie and uh Gaylene and that down here for a game, and Leslie got to know them
2: Tell me about the the relationships with your teammates in those days, Andy, because travel was slower, tours were longer um you must have just really established a brotherhood that probably can't be established in these times.
19: Yeah, it's probably, you know, you know, I'd liken it to, I haven't given it much thought really, but I'd liken it to, you know, when you, when you go to school with a kid at Prima 1 or Prima 2 or whatever it was as a five-year-old or a six-year-old and you're with them through the, through the primary school years, you mightn't see them again for another 20 years after that, but they're still your mates. Mm. And I think, uh, You know, our our friendships uh, were we're like that. I I think they've been long-lasting, like uh, uh, just meeting up again with getting more involved with Ian Kirky and, you know, Tani and, uh, you know, uh, these sort of things. It's uh, You You don't see one another for a long time, but because you're two uh, so long together, you were together, and, you know, it wasn't a job then, you know, like the guys now talk about going to work. I, I never worked, went to work playing rugby. I went to enjoy rugby every, every single day. And I can't say I enjoyed every day of my working life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie, look, you tremendous time. And I, I really love that we've taken the time to pause and reflect on, yeah. you know the sacrifices that you guys made um and Bruce has made us talk about it and and I think appreciate it all over again Andy like you yeah. you guys put on those jerseys and toured for us in the country for you know I don't know 5 pound a day or whatever you were doing but you did it for the love and but I think I think these yeah. lessons there don't. Andy <laughs>
19: $2.50 a day enough to buy a jug after the game <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go well yeah,
19: look, wonderful memories and you know uh, you know, New Zealand rugby has certainly lost uh, uh, a very special person and you know I know what he did for Auckland rugby around the uh, coaching areas and all that in the early days of getting coaching coordinators into school now Bruce was a huge influence in there and you know the influence he had in counties rugby and you know Uh, I'm just happy that I was able to walk down that path with him for a a short period of time. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: And we've been really, really happy to have you share those thoughts, Andy. Appreciate you coming on at at short notice and and sharing your memories of the great Bruce Robertson. Appreciate you, Andy.
19: Thank you very, very much, Snappy. Bye.
2: There he is, former All Black captain Andy Leslie with his thoughts. Uh, We've still got... um, Paul is going to come up very shortly, but we've still got Sir Brian Williams. We'll actually just slip Paul Mawadi, in now after this quick break, and we'll round out the uh with the great Sir BG Williams. Hands up, hands up. Hands up, hands up. Yes, the hands are up for Paulie Mowadi. We haven't got long, Paulie, because we've got to get to Sir Brian Williams. Uh, you're not knighted, so you're, you're down the pecking <laughs> order, mate. Uh, but uh, Monday is wash-up day from the week, but it's also American Sport Day.
14: Yeah, and, uh, well, we've already had Game 7 in the Eastern Conference between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. In the end, the Celtics just way too good for the 76ers, who at times just didn't look really interested in the match. Um, But uh, their season's over. The Celtics move on to the Eastern Conference Finals where they'll meet the Miami Heat. The boys have already got Game 1 odd up for that Eastern Conference Series. In the head-to-head market for Game 1, $1.27 the Celtics, $3.65 the Miami Heat. And in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets will host the LA Lakers in Game 1. They're $1.44 the Nuggets. The LA Lakers at $2.70. Uh, early money so far, there's support for LeBron James and the Lakers at $2.70. And there's plenty of support for the Boston Celtics at $1.27 to win game one against the Miami
2: Heat. Oh, it just gets narrower and more exciting. We are talking NBA soon, actually, oh, at 3 o'clock. Early markets are getting what uh, for, pick me out the most traded game in either the NRL or the Super Rugby?
14: Well, no Warriors game uh, this yeah. weekend. But they've got the buy and they get the two points as well. Um, that at the moment, uh, the Thursday night game, it's a big one up there at Suncorp. The Broncos taking on the Penrith Panthers. The Broncos at home, 275 outsiders. We haven't seen them at those sorts of odds um, at home or really anywhere this season, to be fair. They have been um, very well backed at times. They're 275. The Panthers $1.44. Money has come for the Broncos at 275. And they're also taking the plus 6.5 on the Broncos uh, to cover that spread. Outside of that game, it's fairly even. There's still a bit of support for the Dolphins, who are 275 against the Melbourne Storm. That game also at Stuncourt, Sun, uh, And then the Super Rugby uh, best back team, Chiefs. They're looking for the bounce back. And, of course, it's the Hurricanes who have to face the Chiefs after an upset loss on the weekend. Dollar for the Chiefs, 280. the Hurricanes. Money for the Chiefs so far. Up the
2: Canes! Paulie will reconvene during the week Thanks heaps buddy Very good, thanks Steph, have a good one mate See you mate, tab.co.nz Gamble responsibly, be 18 years old News previews, it's on the app or it's on the website Stick around, the great man Sir Brian Williams who played on the outside of Bruce Robertson for so many of his Test matches, he joins us very very shortly if you've just joined us, we've been remembering the career and the life of uh, Bruce Robertson. Uh, we spoke to Andy Dalton, of course, another centurion from the county's NPC uh, province. Uh, Ian Kirkpatrick, teammate, another all-black legend. And we just heard from Andy Leslie, his former captain as well. Caught up with all these people. In fact, Andy Leslie was live. Um, which was fantastic. Early this morning, I caught up with a man who played outside Bruce Robertson for so many years. So BG Williams, here's our chat. Well, from good centres comes great wingers, and they worked in tandem beautifully. Uh, We are joined, and I'm very grateful for his time, the great man, affectionately known in rugby circles as BG, Brian Williams joins us. Brian, a sad day for New Zealand rugby, and I'd imagine a really sad day for guys that played with Bruce Robertson.
16: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Daffy, a, a, a very, uh, sad day, um, and I guess all the memories, uh, come, you know, flooding back on occasions like this, uh, as you say, uh, Brucey and I and, um, a number of others played a lot of rugby together, um, you know, it's, it's obviously well cliched, I guess, that he was the Prince of Centres, but he really was. He, he... He had a range of skills that that um, you know made us made us all look good. Uh, <laughs> playing with a, a player like Brucey, and um, he he delivered the last pass to me on on you know a large number of my tries really, and I um, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. And and he was such a thorough gentleman, you know, well known for his humility and modesty and. He um, was just, just a, a, a decent, decent man.
2: And, and as a winger, look, I, I remember back in those days, uh, the wingers were the fastest runners in just about every team, but, jeez, Bruce had some pace. Yeah,
16: well, I, I tell the story of the first time I, I played with him, but he, he took an outside gap um, uh, beyond the halfway line, and he just accelerated away. And I just, this is incredible. <laughs> you know, it took me a long while to catch up and uh, it happened on, on a number of occasions thereafter but I knew I'd have to be you know, really motoring to stay with him. He, he, he had great pace and many years later we, we took part in a, a superstars uh, competition on, on TV where you did a whole lot of different events and there was 100 metres and Bruce, Bruce was in... Just runners, and, and he ran 11 seconds for the 100 metres at that stage. Jeez! <laughs> he was really
2: really quick. Oh, wow. And and as a winger, like, I've sort of touched on it, it's really important, the, the service and the delivery. Um, I've been watching a lot of clips of Bruce this morning, and he just looked like an incredibly selfless rugby player. It was about putting you guys into the best position for you, not for him.
16: Absolutely. Uh, you know, selfless, is is a great description of him. He, uh, a total uh, team player, both on and off the field. And uh, you know, he, he was um, well an absolute legend of, of all black rugby.
2: Not a rat bag at all. Didn't he? Didn't do pranks or hijinks away from the field?
16: No, no, he didn't. He, um, he, he was just a, a absolute, you know, thorough nice guy, and uh, no, no, nothing like that. Um, there, there's no skeletons in the cupboard anywhere, I don't think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'd imagine in all-black team naming days, back in the day when the old chairman would read out the name, you, you'd punch the air when you heard your name, did, but did you punch the other hand in the air when they named Bruce Robertson because you knew you were going to get good ball?
16: Well, absolutely. I, I knew, uh, you know, we, we played such a lot of rugby together and, um, you know, you, you come to um, uh, know... Uh, the, the the player, the way they play, and uh, as you say, totally selfless. Uh, he, he delivered, you know, so many great passes uh, for, for my tries that uh, you know when, when he was selected, I was, I knew I'd be right.
15: <laughs> now
2: I asked uh, Kirky this, but I'm going to have to ask you because he didn't play in the game. The the foggy game at Murrayfield where he scored the greatest try no one ever saw. Were you in that game?
16: Hello. <laughs> I- I sure was, and, and uh, I'd, I'd had a. It was actually my last test match, Staffy and, and I'd, I'd had a nightmare. To be honest, I dropped. It was a really cold day, and I couldn't feel my hands, and I dropped every ball that came my way. And um, that, that uh, try at the end of the game, uh, absolutely in the dark, and um, uh, was scored. And, and uh, Graham Murray came up to me and he gave me a big hug. He said, "BG, well done." He said, "All is forgiven." And I said, mate, I didn't score. Bruce, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So even the players didn't see it. Oh, wow. <laughs> no.
2: And also, was he involved in that waterlogged test at Eden Park that you scored tries in there?
16: I don't think he played that game. I, I think from memory, um, Billy Osborne uh, was playing one of his first te- test matches and he, he played at centre. So I don't think Bruce... I think Bruce might have been injured for
2: that match. Okay. Andy Hay got injured in that match, I remember. Yes, yes he did. Broke his arm. And that's, and that's yeah, that Bruce that's, A. That's Bruce a. Bruce yeah. Hay, sorry, yes. And, and that, that's that famous try of yours, BG. I'll never forget about 15 side steps from the 22 to the try line, stomping water all over the place. Maybe not 15, but ty- <laughs> time. I just had a little bit of glory inflation there.
16: Well, uh, well thank you for doing that. I, I, I can't remember more than one or two, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a lot. Uh, BG, yeah. yeah, we're remembering Bruce Robertson today, as you say, like. Yeah, you know, the Prince of Centers, but he got that title by right. Um, I think he he, he modernised the game a little bit for for midfielders and outside backs, didn't he?
16: Well, he sure did. You know, with, with that blazing pace, but his, his distribution skills were sublime, and and he had other touches to his game. He, he, he was a solid enough defender, and and um, but the little depth. Um, you know, grubber kicks he, he could put in off, off either foot, and and um, yeah,
2: just just absolutely uh, all-round top player. Yeah, well, a sad day, uh, All Black seven oh two, um, passed too soon in my humble opinion, BG. But I appreciate you and the other the other former teammates and friends of him coming on and and paying their respects to our listeners. I, I really do appreciate your time, BG.
16: Uh, Thank you, Staffy, and obviously sincere condolences to to Nelly and and the uh, Fano. They'll be feeling it uh, very much at the moment.
2: Yes, you could hear the emotion in his voice just as it was um, winding up our chat there. There is our tribute to the great man, Bruce Robertson. Uh, Jeff has said Jeff Wilson had a similar style and skill set to Bruce. Uh, and Dean has said the 1976 DB Rugby Annual Bruce Robertson, one of the tour's big successes, and proved again that he thrives on hard work by playing 12 of the last 15 games. Um, he hit his peak in the last month, seldom matched by anyone. Send Rico a photo of him. Here we go. Grant Nisbet will be after the news. I found in
11: the city.
2: Welcome back, and we'll be going to Grant But this bit shortly. I wanted to get through some of your text messages. Sorry, Dina, you sent in a good text, and I cut it off because I couldn't read it all. Now I can. 76, DB rugby annual, Bruce Robertson, one of the tour's big successes, and proved again that he thrives on hard work by playing 12 of the last 15 games. Uh, he hit his peak in the last month, seldom matched by an all-black centre in modern times. The fastest man in the side, but like Williams, his exceptional qualities weren't utilised to maximum advantage. Rest in peace to a real good bugger. Ball in two hands. Rico, it's bloody simple. If you could pass, I couldn't resist that. Send Rico a photo of page 39. The master at work. The picture says it all. Everything you can't coach, vision and skill. Um, from Richard, hey there Staffy. I messaged Smithy this morning about this but could you please ask BG, now I couldn't because I did pre-record that this morning, Richard, so I didn't see your message in time, so apologies. Uh, see if he remembers playing centre for the for Auckland and playing against the King of Centres on a sunny Wednesday afternoon at Pookie Stadium. Pretty sure there wasn't much love lost between the two. Also be interesting to hear from NZRU about the stand-down carry-on. It's more a of uh, is it a director from the medical and fitness staff or is it the coaching and management? That's something I would love to know as well. They, they had Mark Robinson on the breakdown last night and before he came on, they said they were going to ask him and they didn't. Um, they more talked about this rugby, which is uh, the rugby memorandum of understanding with the Japanese rugby, which I think is a good thing. Um, so maybe they just ran out of time. Uh, from Matt, staff, you'll enjoy this. I played in a charity golf competition here in Blenheim on Friday and ended up buying a Chiefs playing jersey signed by the entire 2023 squad. At the time, about 6 o'clock on Friday, they were the unbeaten 2023 Chiefs. So I viewed it as an investment while also giving to the charity. Despite being a passionate Canes man, absolutely gutted that they then suffered arguably the upset of the season only hours later. I'm bummed. (laughs) P.S., If that's true about resting Geordie and it's an absolute crock. That's why the NRL is superseding Super Rugby. Thank you from Matt. Uh, I read that one. Uh, Hey, guys, the young golfer Michael we were talking about last week, yes, I remember that, uh, finished second by one shot on the weekend at the North Island Champs Auckland Cup after shooting 64 in the second round to move to a share of the lead. Congratulations, young Mitchell. Going great, Guns. Um, from Kanu. Hi, Sunshine. Uh, hello. I think that the mighty Hurricanes got the best out of Mr. Barrett. Ah, yes, when Bowden Barrett was at the Canes. Yes. I agree. I agree. That's a moment in his career that I... Yes. Oh, okay. Hi, Steph, What about when players are injured and then come back in and they get rested a couple of games in. I agree. The fans are getting ripped. Why would you pay up to $100 for tickets, food and drink to watch the second 15? I changed the channel on Saturday night to the NRL Chairs Tim from the 09. If you want to watch a good attack, watch the Melbourne Rebels. Thing is, they can't defend. <laughs> Staffy, starting back line for the first game at the Rugby World Cup against France. Uh, this is from Rob. Smith, Moonga, Havili, Leonard Brown, Onuku, Talia and Jordan. You might not be far off, Rob. I don't think they won't start Rico. I don't think they won't start Rico. Hi, Staff, I'm a Blues supporter. Although I live in Tauronga, I'm from Auckland. I think there are only three teams that could or should win the Super Rugby this year. The Chiefs, having a great season even with the blip this weekend. The Crusaders, always good in playoffs. And the Brumbies. By far the best out of Australia. Unfortunately for my Blues, I don't think they can hold the trophy this year. From Craig. Uh, there were a few thrashings in league this weekend. There are some weak teams in league this year. There are. But remember, uh, was it the Tigers who hadn't won a game, won their first game against the defending premiers? So many upsets. Uh, are NZRU beat the Chiefs. And which sort of Crusaders fan, I'm talking to you, Mikey, doesn't go and watch their team no matter who they're playing up the Chiefs? Sean. <laughs> that cleans up the text messages. Thank you for all of your texts. That is eight double three. Uh, the temper bedpost text machine is the number that you can stay in touch with us. Um, we're just trying to get through to Nisbo. Um, I can see them ringing him and I can't see him answering. Come on, Grant. Yours, please. Um, The table at the moment in Super Rugby has, everybody's played 11 games. Uh, The Chiefs are on top, still comfortably, 46. Brumbies, 41. Hurricanes, 37, with a better points differential to the Crusaders, also 37. Uh, The Blues are on 34. And then there's a bit of a gap. What's that? Uh, Eight points back to the Waratahs. It looks like those top five are going to be the top five. Then we go back to the Waratahs, Reds, Force, Draw, Rebels, Highlanders with just the three wins from eleven games, and more in a Pacifica yet to trouble the scorer. Uh, joining us now, voice of Super Rugby, voice in New Zealand rugby, uh, joins us, Grant Nisbet. Before we talk the Super Rugby Nisbo, we've just done a feature out on the great man, the Prince of Centers, Bruce Robertson. We spoke to Andy Dalton, Ian Kirkpatrick, Andy Leslie, B G Williams just uh, effusive in the praise of the great man. Your memories.
20: Yeah, fantastic player. I uh, Didn't really know him as a bloke staff, I'd have to say, but I had the pleasure when I was working in Auckland many moons ago of being able to do a lot of radio commentaries uh, down at Pukegawe, and he was in that fantastic county side and a major part of it. And then, of course, he had that wonderful All Black career. He played over 100 games for the All Blacks. So mm. I mean, You'd never do that today with only 30-odd test matches, quite clearly, because he obviously went on a number of, of those longer tours. But um, he was, I think the prince of centres probably sums it up. He he just had a bit of a, um, a way with him, a, a very stylish sort of a runner, quite upright, but had the ability to set up wingers like no other centre has ever done. Probably Conrad Smith uh, is as close as I've seen but uh, Bruce Robertson, uh, yeah, just a wonderful player. He really was.
2: And it was an era of rugby. I was talking to Andy Leslie, who who captained him, of course. And, and I said, you know, these days there's big money contracts and players are even getting million-dollar contracts overseas. And, and I said, you did it for the love and, and the pride of the jersey. And he said he did it for the $2.50 that bought him the jug after the game. <laughs> My, how the game's changed. <laughs> <laughs>
20: Yes, hasn't it just, yeah. I mean, he, he really, I mean, counties in those days were a major force in New Zealand rugby. They really were, and they had a fantastic um, backline, and he was just a part of it, really. And, um, no, just, just wonderful memories, really, of a great player.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, let's have a look at the Super Rugby over the weekend, which kicked off. Um, I had to look outside to make sure the sky hadn't caved in when the Chiefs got beaten by the Reds. No one saw it coming. <laughs>
20: Nobody saw it coming. I've just come off the phone from Greg Clark, actually, and he said it's the first time that he can remember in recent times that all Australian teams have won on the all teams won on the day. Can't believe it. Um, and of course, it all started off, as you say, in um, in New Plymouth. Uh, you'd have to say that the Chiefs uh, took their eye off the ball a wee bit. Um, kind of underestimated they'll probably deny it but it's, it's got to be said to be true that uh, they took their off the ball and let the Chiefs um, um, well effectively win the game um, I know it's really difficult uh, getting towards the end of the competition, you look at the All Blacks and you say Have we, we've still got to rest him in a game, we've still got to rest him in a game, the Hurricanes are in the same dilemma now, they've got to rest Geordie uh, Barrett and um, Adi Sabia and they've got three derby matches. What are they going to do? Um, the mail is they're going to leave them both out this weekend um, against the Chiefs in Hamilton. So it's a real dilemma. I know it is. But, um, you know, the Chiefs are better than that. They are certainly better than that. The Reds aren't very good, let's be honest. But they just turned up on the day.
2: In this rest, uh, I'm. Tr- I was trying to look back. I remember Artie had a week off. Uh, He's already had one rest game. And then I think he missed the game through suspension. So... Um, and now he has to miss another game as well it's doing Hurricanes fans heads in Nisbo Uh, and to to sort of um, try and justify that a little bit I spoke with Brett Kamali last week and just at the end I just chucked the rest and rotation thing that we we have over here at his height he played every game of NRL, every game of State of Origin and every game on a Kangaroos tour and I asked him how he felt at the end of the year and he said well Awesome, he said. I'm a professional athlete. I handle my own nutrition, my own rest and recovery. And if the coaches want me to rest, rest me Monday to Friday, but let me to play on the weekend. That's what I'm paid to do. Let me do it. And I was, I loved that stance. Um, and I'm yet to see proof that this rest and rotation works.
20: Yeah, look, it's been a major discussion point for a long time. You remember back? I think it was two oh seven when. Players, the all-black players virtually didn't front up in, in Super Rugby. They were rested, so-called rested, for the 2007 World Cup. Then, of course, we crapped out, and everybody, everybody said, well, what was the use of that? Um, it, is a, it is a major talking point. There's no doubt about that. I think if you talk to the players, they would rather play. But, um, you know, the, uh, the big picture, I guess, is the World Cup, and and they want the players to go into the World Cup, um, you know, in reasonable nick. But um, I mean, there's been many opinions given staff, as we know. The problem with Hardy was that apparently, if he was suspended, that does not count as a week off. Um, Which it for should. whatever reason. I don't it is, know.
2: It is a week off. It is. A, it's common well, it sense. It is a week
20: off. Yeah. I mean, the thing, about, uh, the thing about the weeks that they do have off is that they don't even go into the training environment. They don't go into the camp. They simply um, they opt out. They're just not sighted at the training venues. And so um, presumably if both Artie and Geordie are out uh, this week against the Chiefs, then they won't be sighted at the facility out at Upper Hutt at all this week. That's, that's the theory.
2: Why on earth not last week against uh, the hapless Moana Pacifica?
20: Well, I'll tell you why. Um, because they got upset in Fiji, and I suspect that they would have been left out against Moana Pacifica. but uh, because the Hurricanes were upset in Fiji, they felt that they simply had to win and couldn't take any chances against um, Moana Pacifica. So, That changed the plans. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And uh, now they find themselves in a situation where they need to rest a couple of these key players um, against one of the New Zealand teams.
2: Uh, Just staggers me. Um, The Crusaders Blues, Nisbo, and I find it very strange for me to say this, but the feature of that game, for me, was the Blues defence. Their uh, incredible defence and their insipid attack.
20: Yeah, look, it wasn't a great game to watch, let's be honest about it. I mean, it was, it was. I guess you're on the edge of your seat because it was fairly close. It should have been a lot closer. How the hell the referee missed that knock-on, I'll never know. Mm. But anyway, that's another story. But, yeah, look, the defence on both sides was quite outstanding. And, you know, dynasties have been built on defence staff, and, um, and the Crusaders in particular have been pretty tough to crack over the years, uh, particularly on their home ground. But it wasn't a great spectacle. And um, I just couldn't help thinking that, um, you know, if if it had been played maybe early evening um, rather than late evening, that it might have been a different spectacle. Um, You know, we could start this debate all over again, I know. But uh, there was a game between the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, which was played during the day in Wellington. And by gee, it was a good game to watch. And um, a lot of people showed up to watch it. But. You know, that's another debate for another time, I suppose. But, yeah, it wasn't a great a game to watch. It was intense, but it was built mainly on defence.
2: The um, last one I want to ask you about is the Brumbies. Now, I, maybe they should have put the Highlanders away a bit more than they should have, just basically not bagging the Highlanders, but the Brumbies second on the table, Highlanders right down towards the bottom. But... Um, they allowed the Highlanders to score 42 points. But looking at the Brumbies' run home, they've got the Force and the Rebels, two easy wins, you'd imagine. Then they have the Chiefs, but they've got the Chiefs at home, continuing uh, continuing Nisbo to stay under the New Zealand rugby fan radar, I fear the Brumbies.
20: Yeah, particularly at home, Staff, as the Hurricanes found out last year in the playoffs, very, very difficult to win over there. Look, I thought... From what I saw, anyway, I thought that the Highlanders probably put on their best performance of the year up to a point,
4: mm-hmm.
20: but then, then fell away towards uh, the end, which was uh, which was a little bit sad. But they they played really well, the Highlanders, and it's hard to believe they are where they are on the table. I imagine they'll prove that uh, in the next three weeks. But well, I certainly hope they do. Um, but the Brumbies, well, they've been the best Australian team since the competition started back in 1996, and nothing much has changed. Uh, the, I know the Reds have won a title, I know the Waratahs have won a title, but it's usually the Brumbies. Um, and they just play a good brand of rugby. They they play the same brand of rugby week in, week out, season in, season out. It's built on um, you know a forward pack that is is pretty damn good. They get anywhere near a rolling mall, they're almost impossible to stop, and they're just a good unit. And yes, um, they're worth fearing, Um, not so good when they cross the Tasman, which they may well have to do at some point in the playoffs, but at home, real tough.
2: I was going to say goodbye, Nisbo, but Gaz has texted in and he said, uh, Staff, can you ask Nisbo, what if the Hurricanes simply said, no, nah, not resting them, we're playing them? What would the consequences be? Because I think I'm right in saying Dave Rennie did that, and I think Chris Boyd did that as well, and they then headed off overseas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
20: Well, I don't know how that would go down. Um, I know there was a compensation given to Scott Barrett for the Crusaders earlier in the year. Yes, there was. When they were down on on troops. Um, But that's probably a slightly different argument. It's a good question, but is anyone brave enough?
2: Well, not Jason Holland. I would suggest, <laughs> because he's going to the All Black setup. Uh, Clayton McMillan, oh, i bet he's tempted to, but no, they probably won't this day and age.
20: Yeah. Well, I think the thing with poor old Jason Holland is that the NZR, you'll be signing the cheques next year, won't they, yeah. when he's in the All Black environment, so he probably doesn't want, to, he doesn't want to get in the road too early.
21: <laughs> That's
20: it.
2: NISMO, always appreciate your time, buddy. Have a great week.
20: Good on your staff.
2: Cheers. Cheers, mate. There he is, the voice of rugby in New Zealand, Grant But uh, We'll take a break. I'm going to play the highlights of the uh, Warriors game over the weekend after this. Ah, uh, welcome back in. Rory has texted in and said, As a Bulldogs fan, do you have to play the highlights of the Warriors game, Staffy? Just give us a heads up when you do so I can turn off for five minutes. I can tell you I'm not going to do it right now, okay, because I'm just going to give you time to prepare yourself, Rory. Uh, you'll have to turn it off for five and a half minutes. We've condensed a wonderful game for Warriors fans down to five and a half. So we'll do that after the news uh, at, th- at uh, 2.30, so about 2.33-ish. Somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, Texts come from... No name. Huge question marks now over Leon McDonald at the moment with his selections. I think he's done a great job improving the Blues. However, he has still come up short time and time again, as well as pursuing certain players who can't get the job done. Interesting dilemma for Leon McDonald. He has done wonders for the Blues, made them competitive again. Um Will he be judged poorly for uh, the Roger Tuivasa-Shek situation? I'm wondering who the defence coach is for the Blues because I think they're doing a remarkable job. I think they're very, very good defensively. Um, but yeah, they're just they're just lacking incision. Um, someone texted early, I think it was Ken, about Adrian Choate. What a player he is! And I, I think I heard yesterday, uh, I think Watto was hosting in the afternoon. And he made a good point that I hadn't really thought of, that Adrian Choate, and you could probably say Billy Harmon as well, they would make wonderful league plays because they have huge engines and just tackle for fun. Um, Adrian Choate, like, he's good enough to be an All Black, but there's no way they'll pick him because we've got all our tried and trues in World Cups. He's the sort of guy, if he hangs around, um, when Arty finishes, Sam Kane finishes, all of these older guys... Uh, or finish, he's ready to go. I don't know how old he is, actually. I should have looked that up. Sam of he was mentioned to me two years ago. Keep an eye on him. I think he's incredible. Cameron Suafua. Is it Cameron? Cam Suafua? I think that's his name. Um, Really impressed with him. Um, That edgy, tough, uncompromising type of player. Um, I like that. I like that as well. But, yes, the Leon McDonald situation, maybe too. I mean, he was a head coach... At Tasman, wasn't he? Um, Assistant coach Crusaders. Maybe as an assistant coach for All Blacks where he doesn't have such a big portfolio. Scott Robertson will take the big, big portfolio and he'll be drilled down into a couple of key areas. He's got a great rugby mind, Leon McDonald. And so you have Jason Ryan um, looking after some bits and bobs as well and also Jason Holland. They're going to be incredibly invigorated. Uh, new, fresh ideas, a lot of players finishing, a lot of new selections. Guarantee there'll be some new selections as well. But maybe maybe the best of Leon McDonald is as an assistant. And I know a lot of people have said that about Ian Foster, that maybe he was at his best as an assistant. And I always go back to that conversation we had with Wayne Goldsmith, who's regarded as one of the top coaches of coaches in the world. Um, he has said when you've been an assistant coach for so long in a system and you stay in that system and become a head coach subconsciously, unwillingly, however you want to describe it the players will view you as an assistant. Even though you've gone from the stool to the big chair that you're still viewed and considered as an assistant. And maybe that's part of the situation um, that's affected Leon and some of the players. I think now We know the future of the guidance of New Zealand rugby. I actually can feel it. I can notice it that everyone is now, look, nothing's changing between now and the World Cup. And I think we are all on on the train and we want the absolute best for the players. Uh, There'll be a lot of discussion around selections um, because they will select for the early internationals. And then I think they reselect for the World Cup. There'll be a lot of banter. There'll be a lot of discussion, a lot of discourse, but once those team, that final team is named for the World Cup, we'll probably get a few texts and a few calls saying, I can't believe they haven't picked Mark Talia, Lester Whanginuku, Braden Enor, Falau whoever the players are that haven't made it, there'll be a bit of discussion about that, and then it's just game on. Road to France, game one. I cannot wait, and we have the commentary. We cannot wait for that, and we have the comp- we have a lot of live sport coming up. Actually, we have a lot of live sport coming up. Uh, I've just been updated from the, from uh, Rube Dog, um, so keep your ears and eyes out for this. Thursday nine o'clock, we have the Broncos Panthers. Friday seven o'clock, uh, we have the Dragons Roosters. Uh, s- Friday, straight after the NRL, we've got the A-League semi-final. It is the second leg, Melbourne City against uh, Sydney FC. Saturday at 9.25, the A-League semi-final, Central Coast Adelaide. Sunday, 1.30 in the morning for you round ball Nuffies and Manchester United are travelling to Bournemouth. We've got that. Sunday, 2 o'clock, live. uh, Myself and Brook Lever will bring you the Stars Mystics um, from Takanini. That'll be live from venue. Sunday at 4 o'clock, Uh, Sunday 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock what does that mean? Oh, two o'clock on the app at the same time is Supercars from Tasmania Uh, Midnight Sunday or 12am Monday we have West Ham Leeds and at 2.30 in the morning a big big match up Man City against Chelsea so lots of life sport to look forward to the New Zealand Tour of England, we've got the Ashes we've got the Rugby World Cup, we've got Netball, we've got it up the wazoo Adrian Church 25. Thank you, Ken. Yep. He's he's a good medium long-term prospect, you know. I'm really really impressed by him. We will take a break and when we come back we're going to give you the highlights. Sorry, Rory. We're going to give you the highlights of the Warriors or the lowlights of the Bulldogs, that will be after the news. I
4: can't find the words. I just go
2: Now, do what I do when you watch the Warriors game. Pause the Warriors game on the TV. Let the radio catch up. It's about 30, 40 seconds, some people it's a minute, whatever, on the app. Radio's a little bit shorter. Wait for a big tackle or a whistle or we're underway and unpause the TV. Because it's so good. And we're getting so many messages and so many calls saying how much they are enjoying Sammy Hewitt's commentary. And he doesn't like compliments, but he's not here today. So um, we can compliment him. So I thought it's a good opportunity. Just listen to the bloke get up and about.
1: A game underway all the way down towards the Bulldogs 10. Fielded by Jacob Caraz in the first carry coming up there through Max King. Here's Johnson putting a stab kick through. It's going to end up in the in goal. No one was back there. Perim has to collect and here come the Warriors to take him down in the in goal. And there you go. The first repeat set of the afternoon following a pinpoint kick from Sean Johnson. Now just two metres out on fourth tackle, coming to the left-hand edge. Johnson with a little stab kick through, here's Curran, and Josh Curran gets the first points of the evening just seven minutes into the game. That's four points to Nell Warriors with a kick to come. Fourth tackle now, here's Pangai Jr. getting a bit of a roll on, and an offload away. Here's Marnie, now they've got some space. Averello, long pass out to Karaz. Did he get it down? He doesn't look confident. And Cummins says no. Back to the 20 we go. And the Warriors survive out on the left-hand edge. Now on tackle five, it comes to Johnson on the right edge. Another little stab kick through into the hands of Edwards. Sorry, the legs of Edwards. And the referee says it's still last tackle. Now it goes back towards the air. Big high bomb. Coming underneath Pompey. Juggled in the air by Carraz. Picked up by Avarillo. Over the dead ball line he goes. And the Warriors will get a set restart. If the bunker rules, it wasn't knocked on by Adam Pompey. Five metres out from the Bulldogs now playing it on tackle two. it goes right side again to Harris. Harris was looking for the short ball to Foa, who had just overran it slightly. And as a result, that's a forward pass and an error for the Warriors just on tackle two. Here goes Wade Egan back towards the middle to Walker. Walker shapes to Harris. Short ball to Fanoa Blake. Can you believe it? Adam Fanoa Blake. Just copy and paste it from week to week, it's the exact same try. The Warriors are in for number two, it's 10 points to nil with a kick to come right in front of the sticks. Oluwapu through the hands to Perim, Perim gets the offload away, intercepted by Pompey! Pompey has a clear run if he can get the speed going, Oluwapu chasing him down, Pompey over halfway, over the 40 and then finally brought down by a covering tackle, Paul Alamote, who ran half halfway across the field to meet him, but here come the Warriors, here's Johnson, he puts the kick over, Witteny Zalesniak, an easy catch! An easy drop and an easy try for the Warriors in the right-hand corner. It is going to be 16 points to nil. Kick to come. Dallon with 10. He's have it. Walker through the hands to Johnson. Johnson finds Curran running that line. He gets the offload away to Volkman. He gets the offload away to Pompey. Montoya going outside, back inside. But Olapu was recovering and snatches it out of the Warriors' hands, five metres out from the Bulldogs' line. The referee blows the whistle, and the Warriors... Probably their best half of football in 2023. They are up 18 points to nil, courtesy of Josh Curran, Adam Fenua Blake, and Dallin Witeni, Zalizniak, Sean Johnson hitting all three conversions. I don't think it gets much more perfect in a half of football than that for the Warriors. Back underway Here in the second, the Bulldogs kick it down to Pompey, who fields it just over his own try line and Tommy Ali will take the first carry of the half for the Warriors. Two metres out from the Warriors line and just to the left of the left-hand uprights. They come from Marnie through to, uh, I think that is Harrison Edwards. Well, that is, that is just as easy as for Noah Blakes. Harrison Edwards strolls through for the Bulldogs, and that's straight on the board in the second half. Six minutes gone, it's 18 points to four with a kick to come. Five meters out from the Warriors line, right in the middle. Here goes Marnie, out the left to Burden. Burden puts a stab kick through. Nicol Klugstar's there as well as Preston, but Klugstar gets there first. Over the dead ball line it goes. And the Warriors will be forced to have a dropout. But despite two restarts, the Warriors held strong. Montoya catches it over the 20. And Montoya's got some space to run and move. He's got a man chasing him down. But he's still going. Montoya steps out of another tackle. Finally brought down. Just on the 30 by Corey Waddell. But the Bulldogs have some work to do. Here goes Johnson. He's got an early kick on the game for Wadeniz Elisniak. It's not the right kick. Because it's straight into the hands of Blake Wilson. And he'll fall on it on the 10. Marnie kicking out a dummy half again on four tackle. Looking for that 40-20. Nicol Klukstar was right back there and looking for it as well. That's good positional play from the Warriors fullback. Trying to bust his way through. He loses the ball on the tackle. Marnie gets a pass away. Here goes Avarelo. And the Bulldogs are storming home in the second half. The referee will go upstairs to determine what no happened in the tackle with Nicol Klukstar. But right now... We're looking at 18 points to tw- uh, 10 with a kick to come. Davarillo thought he was in for another try. Not to be. And the score will remain 18 points to six with 14 and a half minutes to play. Cameron Seraldo looks on and his team try and fight their way back into this game. And it is going to be a penalty, of course, as well to the Warriors. So it's a bit of a double edge. The ball bobbling around for Volkman and Ronald Volkman out of nowhere. The youngster back into the first grade side has scored the try. That'll extend the lead for the Warriors. It's gonna be 22 points to six, a kick to come. They come back to the middle to Waddell and then finds Burden. Burden has Okumba running a good line. He breaks through the line. Can he get the ball down? He can. Jaden Okumba. And finally, this one will stand for the Bulldogs. Six and a half minutes to play. It's 24 points to 10 with a kick to come. The hooter does sound and the Warriors are back in the win column after three winless weeks. They storm back against the Bulldogs here in Sydney. 24 points to 12. There it is.
2: Sammy Hewitt and uh, Blake Ashford uh, sitting alongside him. A um, couple of texts have come in. Staffy, if Choke makes the All Blacks, that'll be 15 Blues players in the squad. Doesn't leave a lot of room for the other four franchise players. 18 and, <clears throat> 18 and Mikey. Cheers, Ken. Tom Christie was great again. He was great again. Uh, Just on those uh, commentary bits, you know how Sam loves people making mistakes and faux pas and puts it all on the Christmas tape? While I was listening, and Robbie, who I've got panelling for me today, I sent him a text and I said, just clip that off for the Christmas tape. Now, don't think Sammy's listening. I think he's playing golf. But here's a Sammy Hewitt faux pas that's going on the Christmas tape.
1: In terms of uh, the errors uh, so far this evening, the Bulldogs four to the Warriors two, two penalties conceded each team, two ruck infrin- uh, ruck infringements each team. As we see, <laughs> sorry, 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 Sam, what was that? What was that? In Sam? terms of uh, the errors uh, so far this evening, the Bulldogs four to the Warriors two, two penalties conceded each team, two ruck infrin- uh, ruck infringements <laughs> each team. As we see,
2: <laughs> payback is sweet. Payback is very, very. Sweet. Uh, some more texts have come in, which I will get to, but I'll, I'll do that before the top of the hour, just about um, some selections and how they're going to do all of this. Uh, we will get to those um, from uh, Steve, etc. Um, we have about three or four I do want to get through, but I also want to find out what's making news because this is when we put the real acid test on the standard producers. So Rubinio with what's making news after the break. And
8: gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent... A horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop
1: what you're doing and listen.
22: What's making news around the world? Mm,
2: grazing in the grass. Robinho, let's go.
21: Nervous times. Nervous times. Always is. Always is. Somewhat more than usual. I don't know why. <laughs> But it is nervous you times. You keep saying We're during
2: that air break. Should we, should we wait till the next hour? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Put it off? No. Do you want to do something else? No. No,
21: no. We'll do, we'll do what's making news. And what is making news? I've got some stories for you, Steph. Um, now, dating apps are a thing of uh, today, I guess. a lot of, A lot of people have uh, had experience on them. Mm. And um, it can be a dangerous game because you sometimes, you might find someone you know. That's always an awkward one. Yeah. And um, so this girl has done that. She's found someone that, uh, she's had a pretty unique experience. She opened up one of the apps and she found a message from a very familiar face mm. as she'd been asked out for coffee by her former landlord. Oh, wow. And so, uh, so yeah, she basically explained that the man likely had no idea who she was, as they'd only met in person once, but she knew it was him because the, his profile photo was taken on the rooftop of the house she used to live in. <laughs> <laughs> and, like Santa uh, yeah <laughs> and um that's weird enough as it is but she said she there was even more because uh she claimed the bloke had ne- had refused to give her deposit back when she moved out oh so go to a very expensive restaurant make him yeah. pay <laughs> why not, yeah I don't, I don't know if she, I don't know if she's gone I think she, she made a little video and she kind of like she did a joke kind of you know wrote in the response field like sure but give me the deposit back first hmm but you didn't send it, I don't think. <laughs> Need an update on that one. We do. So, um, another story. University professor has broken a world record after living underwater without depressurization for 74 days. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. So, like in a cube or yeah, something.
21: Yeah. So, he's he's been living in Jules Undersea Lodge, which lies at the bottom of a 30-foot deep lagoon in Key Largo, Florida. Wow. And, um... So, yeah, unlike a submarine, the Lodge does not use technology to adjust for the increased underwater pressure. So I wouldn't I do that, eh? Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what that's got to be like. But he um, he said he was, he was informed of the record and he said, I'm honoured to have it, but we still have more science to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, there's something there. And um, third story, police in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they heard some cries in the distance, and they they thought it sounded like someone. They thought like some equipment had fallen on someone. It was like in farmland, and they uh, they went through. They walked slowly and cautiously through the grassy wooded area of a farm. Looking for the person trapped for the under the chimney or, or something. Under something, and it was a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Help. Exactly. Help. So, um, Yeah, the farmer said he had two male goats in the barn. He took one out and he wasn't happy.
2: Ah, left alone. Yeah. Under the lagoon at Key Largo.
21: Yep. And another story, a final story for you, Steph. Mm -hmm. Um, A pensioner's luck has finally run out as his car was stopped and it was discovered he'd been driving without a licence for 50 years. (laughs) Yeah, so officers from the Derbyshire Police Road Policing Unit pulled the car over for several offences in Derby and they then discovered the 69-year-old driver had never passed his test or possessed a driver's licence, meaning he had been driving illegally for five decades.
2: Wow. That's almost worth a certificate rather than a citation. Yeah, I
21: mean, if, if he hasn't, obviously he hasn't had any serious accidents or mm. anything on the road to, you know, have True. a run-in with the police in the past. So True. Obviously it hasn't really caused him any issues. Mm. And i got a fact for you, Steph. Good. Um, well, I've, I've actually got a few. Human teeth are the only part of the body that cannot heal themselves. They're coated in enamel, which is not a living tissue.
2: Wow, good. Yeah. I can attest to that. Interesting.
21: Yeah. Um, Bathrooms are not the dirtiest place on airplanes. According to a study, your tray table, headrest and seat pocket are all dirtier than the bathroom.
2: Yeah, because they clean the bathroom Mm. continuously. Yeah. I sat next to a woman on a plane to Australia once, and she got out the death wipes and wiped everything within arm's reach of her window, Fair seat pocket, tray, TV screen, headrest, all of that. So she obviously knew what was making news yeah,
21: yeah. a long time ago. A long time ago. I, I need to, I need to get some death wipes or something. I'm going on a plane in about a oh, about I'll a week. A, I'll
13: give you.
21: Um, we got we stuff go. from Kim's warehouse in the studio. Yeah, what? we've
2: got this. Uh, this is Glen Twenty. Okay, kills ninety nine point nine
21: percent viruses. Germs bacteria. Great. There it is. Sounds like it would clean a plane that I'm gonna go on. Removes bacterial
2: odors, disinfects surfaces, and neutralizes odors in the air.
21: Oh, awesome. Sounds great. Mm. And a final fact for you. Apparently it would take 19 minutes to fall to the center of the earth. And scientists have worked that out, not tried it. Just uh, in just to clarify, yeah.
2: Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Like how high up in a plane do you have to go to free fall ninety minutes before you hit the ground? What's isn't the speed of well, free fall one hundred and sixty mile an hour?
21: I'm not sure. I, I did a I did a skydive at twenty thousand feet, and oh. we free fall for free fell free fall. We know. fell freely. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> for I want to say like ninety seconds, two minutes, and that's mm. twenty thousand feet. Hmm. So a long way. It is a long, long way. Well, there you go. That's what's making you. Yeah,
2: it's not bad, Robbie. That's not bad at all. As promised, I've got some texts. I want to get to them after this. We've had a text from the professor of terminal velocity from the Otago University, uh, Charlie. Terminal velocity of a human is about 200 kilometres an hour. Centre of the earth is 63 kilometres away. That probably equates to, it does equate to 19 minutes. Maybe Charlie was the one that that figured that out.
21: Well, now that he's given us that information, it doesn't actually seem that hard to figure out. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I said scientists have like put a lot of work into it. Maybe it's just a one calculation.
2: Yeah, they just thought. I wonder how long that would take. We all know how wide the Earth is. We know terminal velocity. Anyway, uh, uh, Rory says I bet the person who invented hand sanitizers rubbing their hands together. <laughs> We need that drum roll. Uh, huge. Uh, I've done that one. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Jonathan Thurston. Found got, it. Big question will be who will the three hookers to go to the World Cup be if they pick three? Probably the hardest selection if they go with three. I actually think it's the incumbents Tokiaho, Taylor, Coles. If they're all fit, they'll be the three. There's probably others. Um, Asafo? I don't know. Will they take three? Elder, well actually Samasoni isn't an elder statesman, is he? The other two are. It is an interesting one. Uh staff, all this chat about Bodie, I'm way more concerned about Caleb Clark and Rico. As it stands, Caleb Clark really cannot be selected right now, considering how well the two Chiefs boys in Leicester are playing. If you could if on air could you try and put your selector head on and justify selecting Caleb Clark? I can't. I can't. Caleb Clark plays plays better rugby when Rico isn't inside him. I think he plays better with Anton Leonard-Brown, my view. Um, but I don't know if we'll see that. Caleb Clark is a game-changer. He's that fire and brimstone that you need to absolutely charge. But he's not on form at the moment. But we will wait and see. We've got some NBA chat coming up, more of your texts. Feel free to keep them coming in, Double eight, double three. I know that you win from round
3: here. Something else we you with all that we got. So take me as I am, baby, boots it all. Boots it
4: all. Boots it all. Boots all. if you want my love
2: Boots and Boots all. Oh, yeah. oh, Great Kiwi country artist right there. Former guest of the show, actually. It was great to talk to her when she was touring New Zealand with Ed Sheeran. Now, NBA has hotted up. It's gone up a notch. Uh, Quite damaging for a lot of us Steph Curry fans, or renamed Steph Curry. Uh, They went down to Los Angeles, and Los Angeles have moved through. The Celtics have also... Move through so the Celtics and the Lakers carry on now Binyam Kadani, we got him on last week I love the chat so much and while not much has happened a lot has happened Binyam welcome back
17: good to be with you and uh, plenty has happened uh, the two best words in sports game seven we got that this morning
2: yeah and it was a bit of a trouncing by Boston uh, the Celtics I thought it was going to be a lot closer
17: yeah, pretty disappointing for a Game 7. I really thought this one was going to go down to the wire, but uh, you've got to tip your hat to Jason Tatum. He came to play, uh, and, and the Philadelphia 76ers just uh, just didn't. They were in the game at halftime, but that third quarter, 33-10, to 10, that's uh, pretty hard to recover from. And uh, for JT putting up 51 points, that's uh, a new record for Game 7.
2: Right, we go Lakers Nuggets. I think it's Wednesday New Zealand time, uh, just after midday. Uh, the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. It, it must be hard for these teams to just to wipe wipe the slate clean. You can't celebrate too much, I guess. Having someone like LeBron James, who's gosh, he's just done miles and miles on the NBA tour, um, just to bring them back down to earth because it's all ahead of them again.
17: Yeah, absolutely. A very very quick turnaround between the uh, between the series, but. You know, both teams here have have had a couple of days off uh, in between uh, in between series. Uh, we now head to Denver. And, and look, if you're, if you're the Denver Nuggets, you know, you're opening the series here at home. You're the number one seed. You've got the best offense uh, in the playoffs so far. But as you said, LeBron James continues to defy father time. You know, year 20 at age 38. Um, we saw just exactly what he's capable of in that closeout against the Warriors. When the stakes are at their highest, you know, LeBron still has that extra gear, which is hard to believe. So this one's going to be a very fun matchup where We're back to the bubble. We're back to 2020 uh, for all four teams. But, uh, of course, the Nuggets and Lakers did meet uh, in the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers going on to win the title. Will it be different this year? I mean, the, the Nuggets are a better team than they were in 2020. Jokic continues to get better and better. Uh, and they have a lot more depth around them this time. But uh, I, I, I just... I'm just still looking at LeBron and this Lakers team and this fairy tale run that they're on, you know, coming from the playing tournament to now, they're, they're playing with house money.
2: You talk about players can't do it on their own, and I think that was highlighted uh, with Steph Curry. Um, he scored over 30, no one else double figures. So aside from James and Jokic, who are the sort of the next two or three important players on the rosters from both teams to get to an NBA final?
17: Well, for the Denver Nuggets, uh, it's Jamal Murray, uh, and and look, he's, he's had a tough you know couple of years coming back from injury, and, and and we've seen him you know in this postseason you know look a lot like the Jamal Murray we saw in the bubble. He's the kind of guy that can go off for forty uh, if you need him to, uh, and that unpredictability kind of does make him an X factor along with Michael Porter Jr. as well. Uh, this guy likes to get shots up, and and he can score in a hurry as well. So playing alongside a guy like Nikola Jokic who can go and get the job done and, you know, put up 30-10-10 uh, in his sleep. But it's the other guys. It's Aaron Gordon. Can he play defense on LeBron James at, at a high level? That's a, that's a tough job. Uh, and also Contavius Caldwell-Pope, a former Laker as well, won the title with them uh, in 2020. He's now a Denver Nugget. So he knows exactly what to expect from this Lakers team. So that's really the core there for Denver. But when you look at the bench as well, guys like Bruce Brown, he can come in, uh, he can score, he can play defense as well. And, and it's really those guys – you know that can play on the defensive end for the Nuggets that I think probably have the biggest impact, and that's uh you know that's Aaron Gordon and uh, and KCP because Denver not a notorious uh, defensive team. They they really rely on their uh, on their offense, whereas the, you know the complete opposite for the Lakers. Their defense has got them to this point, and you know Anthony Davis versus Jokic is going to be a very very fun matchup. But what we saw in the in the, in the last you know couple of rounds from the Lakers. It's the it's the bench guys. It's the role guys. The Jared Vanderbilt, the D'Angelo Russell, the Dennis Schroeder. Uh, you know they have the depth uh, on this team that they didn't have prior to the trade deadline. So when it comes down to you know a series like this, it, it is all about the matchups, and it's it's a tough one to pick, but this one's going to be fun.
2: I see a home court advantage. Um, game one is the beautifully named Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> home of the Nuggets. Just for the listeners and me. Talk us through, if it goes 7, where do they play and what games play where?
17: Uh, so it goes 2-2, uh, 1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. So it'll be the first two in Denver, then we're back to LA. Uh, so Game 7 will be in Denver. So if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you want to try and wrap this up before you have to go to a, to a Game 7, as we saw them do uh, in Game 6 on their home floor against uh, against the Warriors. Uh, but home court advantage is big, especially in Denver. They've got the high altitude up there. Uh, it's a tough place to go and play and an even tougher place Uh, to go and win and and for the Nuggets they've kind of been two different teams uh, at home and on the road almost unbeatable at home uh, but have had their struggles uh, on the road so I do expect this one to be a little bit of a back and forth encounter but if you're the Los Angeles Lakers you want to come in and uh, try and win at least one of these games in Denver uh, to try and steal home court advantage so these first two games uh, will really tell us a lot about this series.
2: Uh, Celtics in the heat the Celtics will host uh, Jason Tatum he's been fantastic for the Celtics he's averaging 30 points 8 rebounds uh, nearly 5 assists as well he's a complete player and then the Heat are going to chuck Butler out against him as well but I want to go squads again and I want to go roster depth and not even necessarily the starting fives because um, we've got the 4 best teams left who who do you fancy in the Celtics heat matchup? This one's
17: going to be fun the you know, again, another rematch of the uh, of the 2020 uh, bubble. You have to you have to go with the Celtics in this one, but geez, this Miami Heat team is is, is making it tough. And as you said, Jimmy Butler's been playing incredible, um, but the depth isn't necessarily matching up the same way as the Celtics have. But you know, the thing I do like about this Miami Heat team is every single night there's someone else that kind of steps in, maybe hits three or four threes, whether it's a Max Struess or you know a Duncan Robinson. Or, uh, and, and they have experienced guys as well, like Kyle Lowry, an NBA champion, uh, Bam Adebayo as well. So, you know, the, the, the slate's wiped clean, uh, you know, at the start of each series. So, Miami's had a few extra days of rest. They've been, uh, they've been waiting, uh, you know, patiently for this game seven to find out who they're going to be playing. So, again, these first couple of games, is, is this an opportunity for the Miami Heat to, to maybe sneak one of these games, uh, you know, especially with the Celtics coming down off that emotional high? Uh, of a game seven victory uh, especially the way they they did it again i think this one's going to be very very close um but i can also see the, the heat you know the way that they've been stealing games and, and jimmy butler's playing at an incredible level probably the best player uh in the playoffs outside of nicole jokic so far so again a very tough one to pick but on paper uh, i do like the Boston celtics uh and as we mentioned the depth is a big one for them you know guys like robert williams Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench, the sixth man of the year, the best to do it off the bench uh, this season. So, again, this one's going to be a very, very tricky matchup. Uh, and as we saw a couple of years ago, the Heat got the job done uh, against the Celtics. But, uh, you know, as, as, as it goes, this is, uh, you know, two very different teams uh, that we're getting again this season. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun this Eastern Conference battle. I can see this one going the distance. I can see this one being a seven-game uh, slugfest.
2: We're talking to Benjamin Kadani, the NBA Australia special. I was just thinking while I'm looking at these, the romanticism around a Lakers-Celtics NBA final. They're going to wheel out uh, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge, Larry Bird, and the Lakers will wheel out Byron Scott and Kareem and James Worthy and Magic Johnson. It's a documentary maker's dream for their build-ups if they were to make the final.
17: Absolutely, and a, and a TV ratings dream as well. Getting those two uh, two big markets, two storied uh, rivals as well. Uh, and this one will break a tie for uh, the most NBA championships ever. That both teams on uh, on 17. So there's a lot on the line if uh, if that's how it shakes out. And uh, I think you know for the for the wider fan base, that's probably the matchup people want to see over uh, you know maybe Denver uh, and Miami. Um, but yeah. I, I probably actually think that's going to be how things work out. I, I like the Lakers against the Nuggets, and, and I think the Celtics will get through uh, you know, in a close one against the
2: Heat. Yeah, the, the Celtics win about 80% of their home games, and they do have home quarter advantage. Beniam keep your phone charged. You're our go-to man for the NBA playoffs. Always appreciate you taking time to talk to our listeners here in New Zealand. Thanks again.
17: Always a pleasure, mate.
2: There he is, Binyam Kidani out of NBA Australia. We'll come back and there was some good netball on uh, yesterday. We we're going to play the highlights of that in a couple of chats we had with the players post-game. Actually, just had a text in um, after we played Sammy's uh, commentary. Hey, Steffy are those guys at the stadium <laughs> when the Warriors play in Australia? Amazing passion. Or are they commentating away from the game where you would pick up on the atmosphere at the stadium? They do the Australian-based games in studio h- here And they're no less passionate. They do go to the stadium um, at the One Media Stadium. Is that Global One? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Mount Smart Stadium. I think it's Go Media Stadium. Yeah. Not Ericsson. Not Mount Smart. It's Go Media Stadium. But yeah, they go there when the Warriors play, but they're in studio here, much like I did the netball yesterday with um, Brooke Lever. Anyway, uh, thank you, Steve. I will pass that on. All right. A little bit of netball after the break. Righto, there was a great game of netball yesterday, playing for top position. Uh, They were tied at the top of the table, the Pulse and the Mystics. Mystics were heavily favoured. Even though they were down in Wellington Pulse heavy underdogs, here's what's happened in the game. The Mystics have won the toss and will take the first possession. Taylor Earle getting ready for the centre pass and the umpire blows, let's go. And Earle finds Toyava with the first possession to the Mystics an attempted steal there from Ioane, just a slight little contact though. Manoa contacts her so they both stand aside, so it's a freebie. It's like buying all 10 tickets in a 10 ticket raffle. You win them all and that's what happens when they're right next to the goal. Three all-pulse against the Mystics, 10 and a half to go. Maturo now at the top of the shooting circle and a little one-two between her and Gordon gets Maturo adjacent and makes the goal. She's stamping her mark on this game, Tiana Matudo. Matty Gordon with a speculator pass. Karaka. Oh, if they were allowed to have long fingernails, she would have got that intercept. <laughs> 45 seconds to go. 17-8 to the Pulse. Center pass to the Pulse. Home quarter advantage to the Pulse. It's all in their favor at the moment. Two passes finds Warmsley. Warmsley finds the goal. The Pulse find themselves in front. Dominant, dominant quarter, 19-9. Has anyone restricted the Mystics to single figures first quarter this season? It's one pass, the second pass, Wiki. that's a better shot from GG. Well done, Grace Nweki. 24-17. Here's the run the Mystics need. Centre pass finds Earl. Shapers. that was a raking 45-degree pass from the middle of the centre third to Grace Nweki adjacent to the goal. When the Mystics do that, they look unbeatable. Bounce pass to Wormsley, who's contacted by the leg of Fitzpatrick. Wormsley says, I'll take that one, thank you. 29-23, the Pulse maintain their lead. It has been halved, but still in control. Taylor Earl with a low pass to Nweki, but there's the arms. There's the arms of Kelly Jury in the yellow and black dress. What else is yellow and black? A giraffe. And there she is with a deflection. Oh, what a play. The limbs, the limbs of Kelly Jury. 33-27. And that's not a doorbell. That's the halftime hooter. That was a massive contact at the end of that first half. Amelia Wormsley's chuckling. I think she knows she got away with one, bro. Mystics uh, commence. The second half trailing by six. It's 33 27. Soonest is going to get us underway again. She finds Maturo, the 1 2 between those two. Wait for the roll along the ground. Doesn't come. She faked it. Wormsley on second grab takes the inbound pass. Maturo finds the ground. Wormsley finds the goal. Oh, the umpire finds the towel and we're going to reset. Wow. What a passage of attacking play from the Pulse. But this is better from the Mystics, making it harder for them.
14: Sokolich beats and goes up for a tip.
2: Oh. And
14: she wins
2: it! Matty Gordon's down, beats Beetson's down, Gordon hasn't got up yet, but no call from the umpire, boos from the home crowd, and it's four on two at the attacking end for the Mystics. Of course they're going to get a simple shot here, and it's Phil who will get the goal. 39-36. There's Wolvesley cutting on Karaka again, Amelia Wolvesley early doors player of the match. I know there's a wee way to go but gee she's been impressive in this third quarter. Gordon into Wormsley. Does she want it? Does she want it? She wants it. She scores it. Amelia Wormsley. Oh you superstar. I don't care about the centre pass. I want a goal. And she gets it. Sokolich beats him with a Hail Mary down to the wicket. They've called time with two seconds on the clock and I think that's just for an out of bounds. The Pulse tries to speculate, and Maturdo fires it to Warmsley, but the clock runs out. Stand up, Amelia Warmsley. You dominated that quarter. You've shut out three of the best defenders in New Zealand netball. There's no need for urgency for it in the Pulse. They've earned the lead, so they've earned the right to be patient. And patience has resulted in a simple shot from the triple pump. Amelia Warmsley misses off the triple pump. Don't triple pump! Here's Warmsley from a long way out as she shoots. And she scores! Is this the result of pressure? Great move, Amelia Wormsley. You're back in the game. You're back in the hunt. You're back on the scoreboard. There are tears flowing. The pressure, the emotion, but she's come up the goods. I'd love to see Wormsley with the last shot. She put the candles in the cake. Give her the box of matches and let him light them. But Maturo says, oh shoot! From range, longest shot of the night. The crowd go up, the bench are up. The Pulse are on fire. There's 15 seconds and there's a huge pass. Oh, of
3: it.
4: again. <laughs>
3: it's the perfect run. It's Mother's
2: Day. That's for your mum. Amelia Walmsley says that's for you. The Mystics tried for a long range consolation goal which goes in. The Pulse magnificent. They win by six. Holy hecka moly. What have we seen there that last two minutes. The Pulse just would not be denied. Oh, and they denied the Mystics the bonus point as well, which could uh, appear, uh, be very, very important. Uh, straight after the game, it's always hard to uh, interview the losing captain, but we did. Michaela Sokolich beats him. Here's that chat.
23: Oh, I'm, I'm sad. I'm upset. I thought we had about six opportunities to take the lead, and we didn't execute one of them, which resulted in a loss.
2: They seem to have adopted a different defensive pattern to shut down the Toyava-Weki combo. How, how much adjustment can you do during a game?
23: Yeah, you can adjust a lot. Um, there was a lot of advantages called on Peta. She's very quick, so they just like to let the, the game flow. I thought we could have stopped, taken a breath, like actually absorbed the advantage that was just been given when they call contact advantage, and then let the ball go. I thought we were trying to let the ball go when people were all over us, whereas just take a second, breathe, then let it go, and I thought we would have then had a better chance at combating their
17: defence. Hey, Mickey, and also it looked like the Pulse attacking in they
14: just grinded your defence right down to the wire, they just played the ball back. How do you even get ball off those kind of possessions?
23: Yeah, it's hard. Um, more and more teams are playing that possession game, they don't want to be the one to cop up the ball, so they're happy to do 50 passes, whereas Back in the day, if you had a team going 50 passes, um, they were going to cough it up, but teams nowadays don't. So you need to get in between and try and shut that short down, which is extremely hard when it's about 30 30 centimetres apart from each other.
2: You've got a really nice blend of uh, experience and youth. That's just your fourth loss of the season. Still a great season. What do you, as one of the more experienced leaders, pragmatic leaders, do to rally around your youngsters? You've got a week to prepare. You've got two really tough matches, the derby against the Stars, and then you're hosting the tactics. How long do you dwell on this, if at all, and regather the troops, and what do you do for these youngsters?
23: Yeah. Um, so we will on we'll do a hot debrief tonight, which is just like get the get it out on paper. It's quite emotional the hot debrief, so we don't normally like look too much into that. Tuesday we'll have a look at the footage. Then Wednesday we will be looking looking at the stars. So we kind of just have today and Tuesday to reflect and then we gotta dump it, let it go. In terms of our young ones, they actually are really resilient. So they don't need much. We just like what next? What are you good at? what are you going to do in moments of pressure
2: and they'll be fine. What changed at halftime for you guys? Um, Because you you really had, it was sort of 50-50 in dominance. I know it wasn't on the scoreboard in the end, but you really did command periods of play during there. What what adjustments did you try and make with your halftime break?
23: Yeah, well, we were down by 10, I think, in the first quarter. Mm. And like, we just, we we pegged it back during the quarters, but at the end of the quarter, it would always blow out. And at halftime, it was, pretty much just go out and give it your all, like what have you got to lose type mentality. So yeah. Just tried our best, but our best
2: wasn't good enough today. Now, I know last time we asked if we could talk to one of your players and you were doing your stretches, you gave me a glare and said no, but you are very kindly on the ground. Now we can see you in the background doing the big oh, adductor stretch. I'm
23: gonna, yeah, <laughs> and changed that. changed that
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed it now. Hey, thanks for talking to us at this time. I know it's always tough after a loss, but you guys are too good not to bounce back. Uh, looking forward oh, to yeah, you in yeah. the top three, mate.
23: Thanks,
2: guys. I can't wait to talk to you after we win the final. Let's do that. Let's we'll put some headphones on you and away we go. Mickey Socks, yeah, thanks heaps, like mate. It. Cheers, buddy.
23: Okay, thanks.
2: Bye, guys. Captain of the Mystics there, Michaela Sokolich beats in. and then we got to speak to one of the victorious Pulse players mid-quarter, Whitney Sooners.
22: Oh, my gosh, I am sore and tired, but I'm glad that we won that one.
2: How much does adrenaline get you through with that home crowd? Because we have the effects through our headphones here as well, and they just ga- give you guys such a lift. And I know you've got big Farno down there. It must be such a charge for you guys.
22: Yeah, honestly, playing here in Wellington is nothing beat today. Like The crowd, they always show up. They're loud. The atmosphere is awesome, so they definitely like you know our eight player out there it's
17: so good Even with the contesting tonight Witt it was so physical out there but I think it was almost better as a viewer to watch because it allowed you and Gordon out there in the front to really dictate that whole attacking end Yeah it, it was
22: tough in there I mean they were picking up what we were trying to do and I think Michaela and um, sort of and did, did an awesome job in there indeed. but I think just us sticking to what we kind of said at the side of the game which was just to run our hard lines and stand up tall and look for our feet and um, I think that was really, really good of us to just pull through and um, finish with the win, yeah.
2: I want to talk to you about a young Amelia Wormsley Um, for me, one of the breakout players of the year, she's just growing and growing but just in that final quarter she got a big contact from Sulu and she hit the ground and when they showed the close-up of her, she actually had tears in her eyes, and it was like pressure, it was the expectation, but she bounced back and got that final goal. How much, like, you, you've played a lot of games with How much has someone like Amelia Wormsley grown this year?
22: Yeah, her growth is massive. Um, she, I, I think she got wind, winded, so she hit her stomach pretty hard. That's why she had some tears. But I'm just really proud of her, eh, and just the, how far she's come along in just this season and just how far she has to go. It's, it's so exciting to, to watch, and I, and I love playing alongside her. She's always eager to learn and grow, and she's just an awesome teammate to have. So, yeah, really proud of her and what she's doing out there on court.
2: Yeah, because I, I was saying, like, all season she's improving. I saw improvement in this game. For her ability to unpick Sulu and Fee at that defensive end and get herself free for you and Maddie to feed her, it was, the synergy between you three is remarkable.
22: Yeah, it's awesome. It's grown a lot. I think, um, you know, me playing back at WIRE and having Maddie there, it seems uh, it's just awesome that we get to kind of use our speed and kind of just play play freely down there. And um, our attackers and our shooters down there do an awesome job at, you know, the timing and stuff. So it's all it's all working really well. There's still little things that we need to fix, but yeah, I'm really part of our attacking unit and, and the ball our D's getting and just so us being able to reward RD when we can. But, but like I said, there's still things that we can be better at, but... Yeah, really proud
2: of us. Talking to Whitney Sooners out of the Victoria's Pulse. One last thing, Whit, it's not a question, it's more a request. You and Foma Iwani and Christiana Manoa all had buns today. And in such a fast game of netball, I kept getting you confused. Could you have three different hairstyles next week, please?
22: Are you serious? I'm dead serious. i <laughs> mean, <laughs> and Chris. Really? You
6: all had buns. You all <laughs> had buns. And I did not so get you funny. confused for once at all, It yeah, was just I, Steph I feel, over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
22: know what was wrong with Steph. <laughs> uh, I'll tell the girls. I always... You know me. I always wear my buns, so um, I'm not going to change my hair. I'll tell them. No, you're the OG Moon, you bun wearer. Wear? You're
2: oh. the OG bun wearer, so don't you change my... <laughs> but...
22: was getting us mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> one, I'm telling Moon now.
2: What, one in braids and one in a ponytail. Tony Tarlan, we're all good.
22: Yeah, yeah. Well, my hair's lighter, Moo's got braids, and Chris, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Whitney, well, yeah, massive congrats. Go and enjoy your snakes and yap and go and all that sort of stuff and relax tonight. You've made the top three. Thanks, I couldn't be more happy for you. Well done.
22: Thanks, I appreciate it. Take
2: care. Yeah, the Wing Attack from uh, the Victoria Central Pulse. They've come right at the right end of the season. Let's get some news with Johnny Mack. Some great sporting results over the weekend, weren't there? Um, it was it was a hard one at two o'clock. Uh, big fan of Steph Curry. They went down to the Lakers, but so much good sport for New Zealanders to uh, to enjoy over the weekend. We had the canoe world cup with Lisa Carrington picking up a couple of gold medals. Um, I mentioned Hamish uh, Hayden Wild, sorry Hayden Wild, uh, just dominant dominant in Yokohama amidst pouring rain. It was just. He destroyed that field, completely destroyed that field. Absolutely loved uh, watching that one. Of course, we had all of the Super Rugby and the, the wonderful Warriors as well. Um, and the big news this morning for, for leagues was Craig Bellamy. There's been a lot of speculation. I remember watching a press conference he did uh, last week, or was it just before the game, and Lara Pitt asked them she 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 worded it really well when she said I know you don't hate getting asked this so I'm not going to ask you but I am going to ask you when do you think you'll make a decision he said look it's wearing me down too I'm going to make a decision early next week well he's done it Craig Bellamy's going to front again for another season with the Storm um, he's just made to coach isn't he um, just let him coach um, and he's so good what he's done for Melbourne who were a brand new team is he the only coach they've had I'm not 100% sure not 100% sure. I also noticed a story on Stuff this morning that um, former All Black halfback Tawera Kua Barlow, um, there was thoughts when Dave Rennie was in charge that he might be a late inclusion once he'd served his time in the international rugby wilderness to re-qualify for a team. That time is up. He can now qualify to play for the Wallabies. But he actually thinks that now that Eddie Jones is there and not Dave Rennie, obviously he had a good link with Dave at the Chiefs, that's probably gone. But he's in the European, uh, sorry, Europe's Champions Cup final. He plays for La Rochelle. They are in the final this coming weekend, I think it is. And I'd, I'd send Eddie Jones a text message, Taweda, and just say, hey, mate, uh, watch that game. Watch that game. And then play the house down. Could be interesting. They've got reasonable halfbacks, though, I think. Uh, Tate McDermott. Um, Nick White, I really like the, oh, who does he play for? Um, And his name has escaped me. He was playing against the Rebels, the Waratahs halfback. And I like the Rebels' first five as well. Got quite a bad injury in the weekend. I think he played on. Jake Gordon, there it is. Jake Gordon, do enjoy his play as well. Um, And you'd think Tawera Kubalo might be past it. He had 29 caps for the All Blacks. He was in the 2015 World Cup, so he's got a World Cup winning medal. um, And he's only 32. He is only 32. And his final quote in the story was, if they give me a call, I definitely won't hang up. So there's a bit of interest there. Um, Just that debate about Caleb Clark. uh, Ken has said, Caleb caught the bus Leicester, didn't he? And he didn't make the end of year tour and he won't be at the World Cup. Ken, I think even with your patches on, you're a good rugby man. Leicester, the big thing about Leicester fighting a is work rate. Very similar to Seville Reese. Goes hunting and also finds he attends rucks and malls. He got turnovers in the weekend. He's good defensively. Um, and of all of the non-All Blacks um, or the, not out of favour, what am I trying to say, first choices, maybe Leicester's not quite first choice, He's pretty damn close to it though. And he hasn't got a contract post-World Cup and Toulon are courting him. So the New Zealand Rugby Union are going to have to think long and hard about do we keep him? Because it's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost a lot. And we've lost some very... you know, Charles Pieta was one of the best All Blacks when he left. We've lost a few. Stephen Luatua, Lim Sopoanga. There's been a lot go... Leicester's still young. Do they put their hands in their pockets for a million bucks or 800 grand or whatever it is? Toulon will be paying a million, New Zealand. And the other thing you've got to think, it's a wing. Have we got enough depth at wing for him to go? I would suggest we probably do. They'll make him an offer, and it won't be as big as the Toulon offer. I think this has got a bit to play out. They should definitely sign him. He can play centre as well, remember? So he's quite versatile. Yeah, very interesting one to play out there. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing which way the rugby union go. I've just had a a text message from Captain K. He's also off today. I'm just going to see if it's to do with the show. Oh, he's telling me, no, Sammy, tomorrow. It's just you and me. I'm still on Waihiki Island. Let me know if you've got any ideas. Good on you Captain K, I'll I'll run the ship (laughs) Didn't know there was no Sammy tomorrow But that's all good Right, um, we'll take a break here Uh, We'll find out How me, Sammy, Captain K And I think The caller, the listener That was the fourth leg of the Show me the money leg was Brian from memory, I'll double check that But we'll find out How we went after this break
3: Show you the money i not so good.
4: Show me, the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel the 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 money. Money. Jerry, you,
2: Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Right Righto, we do this on Thursdays. $50 TRB bonus bid It's chucked on a multi. Me and two others. It's usually Captain K and Sam, and it was last week. And caller Brian, I think Sam was the first of the multi to be played robinho
21: he was and uh he was he was a bit of a mystic of sorts <laughs> in terms of his prediction he uh he correctly called a, a scoreline of the uh, of the warriors game and this is him calling funnily enough the final result
1: the hooter does sound and the warriors are back in the win column after three winless weeks they storm back against the Bulldogs here in Sydney, 24 points to 12.
21: So he predicted unders, 41 and a half. Under 41 and a half total points, well, a, and that is 36. Me the that's a show meter money. It is indeed. Second up. One from um, one. One from one. Who, who, who next. went next? It I was, was next. It was you next. with. Um, I was
2: tossing up between Melbourne head-to-head or South Sydney 13 plus because they are both paying the same. So I said to Sam in the ad break, which one? He said, take Souths. And you did, South, South Sydney, South thirteen plus. plus. The bunnies have gone six in a row. South Sydney, the pride of the league, are also top of the league. They beat West Tigers with a shutout, twenty points to nil.
15: Show me the money.
2: I was happy when it got to fourteen. Then I thought, oh no, they might come back, but no. And then another try, easy, easy, easy. in the end. Captain, Captain K. K. What Carlos Olberg.
21: Oh, that's right. By KO or TKO, taking on uh, Ihor Potieria, I think. Hopefully. That'll do. Yeah, sure.
3: Oh, he, oh, he hit, hit it with oh, we got him He The back step, left hook. That is his best shot. He's knocked everybody out of the room, and he, he did ball. it again. He, he did it again. stoppage, Carlos Olberg knocks he 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 out Potieria. I don't need to say nothing.
13: <laughs> Show me
21: the
2: money. Oh, 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 oh. Three out of three. Lescott. I can't actually remember what Brian took.
21: It was Brian. Um, we did confirm the air break, and he he went to the Crusaders taking on the Blues, which uh, total points unders. <laughs> sadly, not. He took Will Jordan, anytime try scorer.
3: Just short ball pops
14: up and over at last. and it's Quinn Strange who comes up with it, breaking a tackle, standing. Finna- Satudu getting it the way of they spectacular finish out yeah, and Austin Satudu sends it dead nothing he could do and the Crusaders make their move up the table
21: Crusaders got the win they got two tries two tries none of them to Jordan
2: I didn't watch all of that game But I do remember watching one passage And Jordan went through And I thought I think that's the one Brian took But then he got tackled and didn't go on But um, there we go So close Three out of four That's closest we've been for a while And you would have expected a Crusaders Blue game To offer a lot more tries than that A bit more of a
21: Yeah I think that was the thinking Open game but, yeah, you were close. I remember last time I was on Show Me The Money, we went none from four. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit better than that.
2: We were a bit more conservative this time. Maybe we've unlocked the key, just be a bit conservative. Because I think he was up for about 450, about 450. Yeah, not bad. That's not bad. Show us the money. All right, uh, someone's just texting saying, what about Stevenson's charge down? Now, I'm guessing Sean Stevenson. I didn't watch much of that game. It was on the same time as the Warriors, and you can't watch both, so I watched the Warriors. Um, Did he get a charge down? I can't remember. Sorry, mate. Uh, Staffy. Now, here's a text. I don't even want to name him because it's insider knowledge. Staffy, word is Michael Checker is going for the Dragons coaching job. Imagine the coach's box blow-ups with him and bellyache. Now he's staying. I think we need Jeff Tuvey back in the coaching ranks. Ricky Stewart's still there, but they're winning, so we don't see him blowing up. Michael Checker, of course, dipped his toes into rugby league when he was coaching Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup. I've always rated Checker. Like I didn't didn't sort of like his theatrics, but he's got a very good mind. That's an interest imagine. I thought Jason Riles was being lined up for the... Was it Jason Riles? Yeah, Jason Riles was being lined up for St. George. Ken. Ken and your St. George Dragons. How would you feel about Michael Checker? Geez, you wouldn't get a less passionate coach. There's some good intel. There's some good intel. Just seeing if I've got any um, text messages I haven't read. I always like to read all of your text messages. I think I have got to them all. So, last break, and we do our piece of history... It's back in the day. It's the 15th of May and it's after this.
3: Here's what happened
14: back in the day.
2: Just before we do that, um, it was on the show, it was on Vossi's show this morning. Apparently Michael Checker walked into St. George's headquarters and put his name forward. And Ken, the St. George fan, says Staffy Checker. Not sure about that. I think Jason Rolls is the favourite, but Checker, isn't he going to the Crusaders? <laughs> Hell no. Let's have a look back in the day. It is the 15th of May. 1981, Cleveland's uh, Cleveland Indians right-hander Len Barker became only the ninth pitcher to record a perfect game in the 20th century and the first since a Catfish Hunter, what a name, 13 years earlier. Barker threw 60 curveballs from his 103 pitches in a 3-0 victory over the Blue Jays. 2004, Arsenal beat Leicester City 2-1 at Highbury and became the first side to go through a league season unbeaten since Preston did it in 1889.
1: Whistle's gonna go soon. The most glorious season that any Arsenal fan, I'm sure, can remember. They are unbeaten. Hail the history men.
2: Birthday's today, would have been 88 today. Ted Dexter, former English Test captain, 54 years old today. Emmett Smith of the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best rounding backs of all time. Bill a Canadian NBA centre, turns 60. 48 today, All-White's former football coach, Danny Hay, and number of games for Leeds as well. And the mighty Scott, Andy Murray, turns 36 today. Uh, On this day in 1995, the number one movie, was Die Hard with a Vengeance. We'll go out with a number one song, but before we do that, just a review of today. If you haven't heard, we had a wonderful tribute hour to Bruce Robertson, um, who sadly passed All Black number 702. We had tributes from Andy Dalton, Ian Kirkpatrick, Sir Brian Williams, and Andy Leslie. Wonderful hour celebrating um, the passing, very sad passing of a great All Black in Bruce Robertson. So listen back wherever you get your podcasts to catch up with that. The number one song in 1995 was by Brownstone. Righto, that's a wrap from the afternoon show. Big thanks to Finn Basimo and Robinho for coming off the bench and ably filling in. Thank you, gents. The run home's next.